Ever live broadcast, live streaming broadcast of Spooky South Coast. We're being brought to you live by PlanetParanormal.com. Our friends are there. Tons of great shows on Planet Paranormal, so make sure you check them out each and every day. There's always shows to be heard with uh, interesting and different takes on the paranormal. Uh, but we are actually right now sitting in the dining room of the Lizzie Borden Bed and Breakfast, located at 92 Second Street in Fall River. So uh, Matt Moniz, our science advisor, is here. Keith Johnson from NEAR is here with us as well. And Keith, you've been here before? I've been by this place many times. I've never actually been inside. This is my first side, but it's very close to heart. So how, how do you feel being in here for the first time? I feel very warm and comfortable in here. It's almost as if I've been here many times before. And uh, Matt Moniz... Uh, difficulties here with some of our power but we will keep it going now uh, this was we were told this was going to happen yep. we were told uh, by Andrea Caplet who works here at the Lizzie Boyd and Bed and Breakfast that uh, the spirits really wouldn't want us to be broadcasting live from here and that things would go haywire so no surprise <laughs> there uh, now uh, well just while we're making sure things are going okay we, we have pr si crack producer silent assassin Matt Costa is uh actually checking in with Planet Paranormal right now to make sure everything's going okay. Because that's who called. Okay. <laughs> yeah, go, go call. We'll be all right. If we, if we lose any kind of power, we'll just wing it. We'll just talk to ourselves. <laughs> there you go. So anyway, so uh, <laughs> this is, I swear to God, folks, Spooky South Coast is usually way more uh, professional than this. Oh, that's usually because we're at an actual studio. <laughs> uh, we're just going to be having... Hey! What the heck is that? That's a call. We have a call coming in. This is all new to us. My goodness. <laughs> we have a call coming in. So, uh, welcome to Spooky South Coast. Uh, can we have your name and where you're calling from? Um, hi, it's Beth from Planet Paranormal. Hi, Beth. You were trying to get through to me on my cell phone, I saw. I handed it off to Mac. Is the stream working over the internet? Hello. She hung up. She hung up? Okay. This, we're off to a rousing start tonight. Oh, yes. This is going to be a night of fun. Keith, you don't have this much trouble at the television studio, do you? No, we don't, actually, except the time that we taped a whole show and it didn't come out. But uh, that was one of our first experimental shows anyway. So. Well, I mean, that always has to happen at least once. Exactly. There always has to be... Uh and it was probably the best show you've ever done, too, right? That's usually how it goes. Well, you can't beat a live performance. Let's put it that way. <laughs> <laughs> and so, uh, actually, speaking of Ghosts or Near, which you can catch uh, on Google Video and on nearparanormal.com if you do not live in the Rhode Island area, uh, Matt Moniz was there. This, uh, why do you guys keep letting him come back? He's part of the family now. <laughs> he loves the place. He just keeps coming back. We turn around, he's there. He did help us out. I must say, our last taping, he helped out quite a bit. He was uh, not only made a guest appearance, but he was also a cameraman for us as well. So we really appreciate that, Matt. Not a problem. Multi-talented. Hey, you know, usually I'm a sound man. First time ever having a chance to be a cameraman. It was pretty cool. 
I remember uh, one time I, I, I had a cable access show when I was in high school, and I got asked to come in and work camera for a telethon they were doing. It was like a 24-hour telethon. And so my dad dropped me off, and I said, well, come inside. You can work the camera, too. And he's like, I don't know how to work a camera. And I said, all you got to do is point it, and then you get the little arm to crank for zooming in and zooming out. It's not really that hard. But cameramen that actually do it for a living are way better than that. It's outstanding what they do. So, yeah, we're just bantering right now while we're trying to make sure everything's working technically. How are we doing, Matt? Did you did you get in touch with Beth? Because she was talking to us over the, over the Skype. Really? No, I didn't. No, she was on the other line. She must have been on with you. Okay. Yeah. And while she was on with you, we were talking to her, and the board cuts out. So I think what I'm going to do is if the board cuts out, I'll just do a little flippy flippy. That, that'll it work. It seems to work. Yeah. Okay. So if you would like to call in and join in while we're here at the Lizzie Borden House, we will talk to you a little bit more about some of the... Let, let's tell you while we're here, first of all. Uh, we are here because Christopher Moon of Haunted Times Magazine is here conducting his Ghost Hunters University. And there's probably about, what, 20 people right now? About that. In- investigating throughout the house. Uh, Matt Moniz and myself were here last night to get a feel of how these Ghost Hunters Universities are conducted and uh, outstanding, uh, at least in the amount of time we were able to stay. Um, so I highly recommend getting on board for, they do them all around the country, so if you can get involved with one, I, I highly recommend it. But So when we found out it was going on, we said we want to go there and try and broadcast live. It'll be our first remote broadcast, and we'll try to stream it over Planet Paranormal, and we're figuring out things as we go along. It, it worked way better in theory than it is now. I think my phone's ringing. Is, is it the boss? It is. Okay. So we'll let Matt take that call while we sit here and banter. And there's probably nobody listening. But if you'd like to join in, and you can actually hear us and the broadcast is working, the way to get a hold of us is through our new Howler line. That's right, the Howler line. You want to give us a howl, Moniz? Howl. The Howler line. He's had experience. (laughs) (laughs) All you have to do is call 508-471-I-HOWL. That's 508-471-4469, and that is the line to call in whenever we're doing a remote broadcast. That's all you have to do is call the iHowl line, and you'll be able to get a hold of us. So 508-471-4469. I'm, gonna, I'm just going to listen to Costa. This is great radio right now. And I do want to thank you a, a bunch for letting me come in uh, hang out with you guys this week. It was fun. Oh, great. We loved having you there, Matt. It was a great experience. Of course, we had the lovely and very well-spoken Donna LaCroix with us as our special guest, and we we had such a grand interview. It was so much fun. Uh, Sandra, my brother Carl and I, and Matt Moniz, we were glad to have him. Glad to be there. It was like... It was fun for me to watch like a... would look like a family reunion. I mean... uh, you guys have known each other for a long time. I've known you guys personally for about a year. Um, I love Donna to death. She's a sweetheart. She's a very good friend of mine. But you guys know her better than I. And it was good to see her be able to reconnect with you guys and speak from the heart. Now, that's something she really doesn't get to do on the other show that she was working on. She got to be herself. Exactly. She's very, very candid, very honest and open and forthright, and, and we love to see that. So it was such a great show, and uh, we've got to have her back again. We certainly do. You look great. Trust me. Good evening, folks, and welcome to tonight's live streaming broadcast of Spooky South Coast, the first ever live streaming broadcast. Spooky South Coast will be live at the Lizzie Borden Bed and Breakfast in Fall River, Massachusetts, 
And the show will begin in promptly five minutes. Ready? Oh, wait. Girl from Ipanema. Hold on, hold on. We're, this is what we're sending out to the world right now. Yeah. Due to technical... Di- yeah, we are, actually. Technical... This is where we win over fans. This is where we win the people over. They're like, Spooky South Coast. That sounds like a show that's being put on by the average person that doesn't know what they're doing when it comes to internet radio. And they are right. Obviously. Well, this is the first time for this. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Yeah, we're not used to, you know, over live over the air. We're used, I mean, we're used to live over the air, not live over the computer. Right. Yeah. Nobody swear. Nobody swear or play licensed music. Uh, Can we hum licensed music? I don't know. Can we hum swears? I don't know. No, we don't need to know that. Let's just get into the broadcast. Can we license swears? Okay, here's... Here's here's what we'll do. Oh, fedge. We're 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 yes. broadcasting right now. This is going out yeah. live. Yeah, let's let's we'll all right. We'll do it. Pull it silent. We'll start over, folks. This is how it would have sounded if everything started correctly. And hilarity ensues. Welcome to the first ever live streaming broadcast of Spooky South Coast. It's actually the the second half of the first ever live streaming. Now we're doing it correctly. Now we're doing it for real. This will be a great podcast, by the way. My name is Tim Weisberg. I am the co-host of Spooky South Coast, along with producer and co-host, the silent assassin, Matt Costa. How are you doing tonight, Matt? Ahoy, ahoy. And our science advisor, Matt Moniz, who is a actual research chemist and paranormal investigator and uh, rumored to be also an alien android. But we'll get into all that later. How are you doing tonight, Matt Moniz? Mushy, mushy. And we have joining us tonight, we'll give you a proper introduction this time around, demonologist and founder of New England Anomalies Research, you know him, you love him. It's Keith Johnson. How are you doing tonight, Keith? Just fine, thank you. Good evening. And let's pretend I didn't already ask you this. Is this your first time at the Lizzie Borden Bed and Breakfast here in Fall River? This is my first actual time inside. I've been outside the building, but this is my first time inside where it's nice and warm. So I'm very glad to be here. I feel like I've been here many times before. Now, the owner, uh, Leanne Wilbur, is walking around cleaning up because we were in the dining room here at the Lizzie Borden Bed and Breakfast. Leanne, now Keith says he's been outside numerous times. Have you seen him peeking in the windows, and have you called the police? Is that you? <laughs> that was me, I must confess. <laughs> so uh, there you have it. Many a 911 call. Have Well, now you know you can sleep peacefully in here at night. <laughs> and, of course, we are here tonight because Christopher Moon from Haunted Times Magazine is running his Ghost Hunters University here. It's the second of the two nights this time around, uh, Matt Moniz and myself had a chance to partake last night in some of the activities going on, and we'll probably join in tonight after the show. Uh, uh, what we're going to do is, uh, as you can tell, we're going to keep it really loose here tonight, 
Uh, we're gonna have we, we're in the dining room of the Lizzie Borden Bed and Breakfast, and if you're familiar at all with the uh, layout of the house, there's two doors: one that opens into the kitchen and one that opens into the parlor. And we're just gonna let people come in and out as they need to, and if they have experiences, they can come down and grab a microphone, let us know what's going on. Uh, we'll try to talk to Chris as well. Uh, we're gonna try to talk to Ben because uh, we we haven't had Ben on the show yet, and he's got some interesting stories to tell. He is with the tour guide here. And he, and he definitely knows what he's talking about when it comes to the tour and when it comes to the paranormal aspect of what's going on. He, oh, he can, he can tell you some stories, so we'll get him to do that. I think he's lurking around the other room with uh, Chris and the other guests right now, but I, uh, we'll try to snag him for you. We'll, we'll get him in here at some point. And of course, everybody that's here, there's about 20 people here uh, investigating along with Chris Moon. And, of course, we talked about this on the show a couple of weeks ago, for those of you that, that heard the podcast. Uh, they're using what is called Frank's Box which was uh, created by Frank Sumption, and it's a device used to uh, essentially filter in the voices of the dead. And we saw it in action for the first time last night. Matt Moniz, what did you think? Pretty intriguing. Uh, I would have liked to have been closer to it so I could have heard it better, but I was trying to stay back from the crowd to get an overall view of everybody else's reactions to it. You were standing closer. Could, I, was, I was right up against it, pretty much. Yeah, all right. So, how is it audibly to hear? I, I was hearing what was being, what they said was coming out of it. I couldn't personally hear it, but you were there. How did it sound to well, you? You know, I got an email from Frank yesterday. Uh, he's had so many requests for people to, because he makes these boxes and he and he gives them away. He doesn't sell them. He makes them out of spare parts. And there's been so many requests uh, for people to send him to send them a box. And Frank said, you know, can you please let people know I, I can't keep up with the demand and I'm not going to be sending out these boxes to people um, just to let them know to calm down their requests a bit. And I can understand why uh, Thomas Edison has come through this box and told Christopher Moon that only 30 people can operate it because what's happening is happening so fast, uh, at least to my ears, that I can understand why it takes somebody like Chris to be able to filter out the noises that are coming in. Granted, he's had hours and hours of practice uh, working with the box, but... Uh, somebody, w we would go around the room. We were in the basement here at the Lizzie Boyd and Bed and Breakfast, and we would go around the room and ask questions. And sometimes the answers were so quick and hard to hear that, but but Chris heard them, and he was able to relate what it was that was being said. Other things were said very, uh, very loudly, very clearly. Uh, there was uh, probably a couple you might have even heard from the other end of the room. Yeah, some of them I were loud enough from the vast distance I was standing over. And my favorite one that came through loud and clear, at least as far as I heard, was when uh, one of the spirits, I was I was trying to converse with it, and it decided to call me a very bad word. Yes, I heard that. I think, can we say asshole? Yeah, yeah. asshole. Called me an asshole. So, And it's not too far off for anybody that knows me, so uh, I guess uh, even on the other side, there's no hope for me. Well, most people are wondering, oh, is it radio frequencies that are bleeding across? You could hear yeah. radio frequencies every now and then bleed through, but some of these words were very distinct from what I could hear from my vantage point, and some of them were words you definitely are not having over a radio station, as we know. Now, I haven't had a chance to... Uh, to review this audio that Chris has. He he downloaded it to his computer, but I haven't had a chance to listen to it again. I'm pretty sure, and this is going to blow your mind, Matt, I, I thought I heard coming through in the little bits of radio waves a commercial for Nate Lyons. That wouldn't surprise me. Except didn't Nate Lyons go out of business? Oh, so you mean it was it, being like rebroadcast then? 
Well, I almost passed. I yeah, I almost wonder if it was coming over time instead of just uh, because that's one of the things that Frank has had happen it, with the Bucks. You know, that wouldn't surprise me. But I could be wrong. A, I could have not heard Nate Lyons, and B, I could be wrong about them being out of business. But I thought they were. You know, Nate Lyons, home of warehouse pricing. Yeah. If they're not out of business, they just got a free commercial. Oh, so. There you go. But, I mean, I'm just saying, I thought it was very strange to hear just some of the stuff that was coming through uh, that was the radio broadcasts. It seemed almost like some of it was kind of appropriate. Yeah. Well, uh, it's not the first time a commercial or a television show or radio show has come back years and years and years and years later. You had the infamous story of the... A uh, message being sent from the Queen Mary and then received, uh, you know, when, during World War II and received 20, 20 years later. You have, uh, a, a, I believe it was a television show out of Dallas, Texas, that was uh, interfering with a British television uh, show. Uh, and what was interesting about this show is it was a live show, but it had been canceled or off the air for eight years. I've heard of that. So yeah. the actual broadcast waves do not necessarily just dissipate, right? And they can be, they can be rebroadcast, maybe by accident or reflected well, off of something in space that sent the signals back. You know, I was talking about this recently. Uh, I had the opportunity to be a guest on the Carrie Stone Show, and uh, go to CarrieStoneShow dot com, or I, I don't know. I think she changed it to the CarrieStoneShow dot com. But I, I had a chance to be a guest, and they asked me about EVPs, and I told her that, you know, what I think, and I have no scientific basis for what I'm saying. I'm talking out of my rear most of the time, but when these sounds are created, it's just as we always say, it's energy. So it can't go anywhere else. So they float around, and they're always out there. So I think that people are able to take radio waves and pull some of that out uh, if they want to use that to communicate. But also, every word that we've ever said is still out there somewhere. And if you can just grab it and harness it and then send it back, then you're using that as a means of communication, which is what I think an EVP is if if it is the voices of the dead. Well, you got electronic recording medium. Energy is what translates into the recording. You, sound is traveling through the air, molecules bumping one against the other, hits the receiver. That's translated from a solid surface onto a uh, metallic contact that has a charge that goes through it. As the membrane vibrates, that creates a signal in an electronic uh, media that embeds on whatever, whether it be uh, a tape or digital. And small amounts of energy may be enough to create that flow in recording. I mean, if you get enough energy on your uh, microphone, you should be able to record it. And, and Keith is someone who is out in the process of capturing EVPs uh, on, on a fairly consistent basis. Does that sound like a, a sound theory? And Yes, it does. It does sound like a very sound theory. No pun intended. Right, exactly. <laughs> exactly. But uh, EVPs literally seem to be everywhere. You don't necessarily catch them in a haunted location. My wife, my wife Sandra and I were recently doing an interview for Gravity, Gravity Media Productions, and she was feeling a little awkward sitting in a chair being interviewed by herself, so she said, there's nothing to grab onto, there's no arms in this chair. Just jokingly, I told her, oh, if necessary, I'll hold your hand. Now, I just happened to be audio recording that. When I played it back, a voice responded to that by saying, 
How sad. Wow. Now, why would I say that? We were in a hotel room during this interview that was not supposedly haunted. Mm -hmm. It had no reputation for being haunted, but But it kind of makes you think you're always being watched. And especially in this house, you get that feeling because in this house, especially because this is this is known, this house is known to be haunted, but it could literally be anywhere as well. And we are we are at ninety two Second Street in Fall River, Massachusetts, the home of Lizzie Borden, uh, where herself or someone took an axe, and it wasn't forty wax, but it was enough to get the job done. Uh, we are broadcasting from the dining room, which is where the bodies were laid out for the autopsy that happened in this house. And, and Chris Moon said maybe later on they're going to bring Frank's box in here and try and do a session in here while we're broadcasting. So I, I'm pretty sure this is a radio first, that you'll be able to hear an actual live Frank's box session as it's going on. And in addition, you can call in, and if you have questions you'd like to have us ask or ask in that session, uh, you can get in touch with us. We can take your calls while we're here. All you have to do is call the new Howler line. Moniz, one more time. Oh. And that would be 508-471-I-HOWL. That's 508-471-4469. Give it a call. Uh, it's also up on our website, SpookySouthCoast.com, where you can also hear podcast versions and stream versions of every show we've ever done, the numerous times we've had Keith on. We thank you so much for you are our first guest and you've been our most you know I, I don't want to say popular because you know it's not a it's not a popularity con but everybody pays attention when you're on our show. So Well it's always been my pleasure, Tim, and we've had Matt Moniz on our show Ghost in the Air. Next it's going to be your turn, Tim. Oh no problem. You and the silent one. <laughs> he just nods a lot as he's doing right now. Yes, but on our show, you'll be able to see him, so he won't get out of it that easily. You hey, see, he, He's pretty good about talking when he needs to. He just What we always say is when he talks, that means he has something to say, so you have to listen. Exactly. Okay. As long as you, as long as you I, I don't want people to think you're not here because we couldn't do this without you. Believe me. So uh, if you want to check in with us, just give us a call, 508 Four seven one I Howell. That's five zero eight four seven one four four six nine. We have a, a multitude of people out there who investigated the Borden House on previous trips uh, with Christopher Moon's Ghost Hunters University. Also, everyone that was here last month for the first Wheezy Ron trip, which was also very successful in gathering some evidence. So, uh, if you had any experiences here in the house and you'd like to call up and share, please feel free to do so. And we'll we'll talk a little bit more about what happened last night now. Uh, for those who are fans of Spooky South Coast and listen to us on a regular basis, we, of course, thank you for, for doing so. But you, you've heard us talk in the past about some of the incidents that have gone on here when we visited, uh, most notably what Moniz has dubbed. Tell them what you call it, Moniz, because I don't... The Weisberg effect. Yeah, the Weisberg effect, where we discovered one night that uh, on the third floor in the chimney room... Uh, th- what's the actual name of that room, Moniz? You, you said it last night. The Jose... No. No, one. I don't remember what it was. can't remember off the top of my head. <laughs> We're really well prepared, you can tell. Well researched. I'm so used to calling it the chimney room. The chimney room. And that, you know, if you come and you say, hey, I want to stay in the chimney room because I heard about the Weisberg effect, they're going to know exactly what you're talking about. But we discovered that if you lay down on the bed and you talk to the spirits, you can get them to essentially lift up your feet. And uh, Brian, Harnwan, myself, the last time we were here, decided to make it angry by provoking it, and it did more than lift up our feet. It yanked our foot up. Which was a little uncomfortable. So uh, almost pulling you right off the bed. Yeah, and and you could see uh, there's video out there. Our friend Ree has video of Brian's uh, foot actually being touched, and you can see the fingerprints going in on the shoe, which was pretty creepy. 
Yeah. <laughs> and uh, Ron Millione tried to duplicate it, and uh, numerous other people had the same thing happen to them as well. So, You know what the most spectacular thing about that is, though, Tim? Brian actually stayed in the house when it happened. <laughs> he didn't run away. Well, it was funny because I've, I've told this story before, but for our new listeners, uh, if you're familiar with Brian Hanwa from his work on Ghost Hunters, he that's that's who he is in real life. I mean, he's not playing for the cameras. I lived with him for three days. It's not a lie. He really is. Uh, but he's a great guy. Absolutely, absolutely. But when he heard about what was going on and when he heard about the quote-unquote Weisberg effect, he said, well, I'm going to debunk this. I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to figure this out. I'm going to debunk this. There's no way. So he went up there, and as soon as it started happening to him, he was like, dude, holy crap. <laughs> so, <laughs> Good imitation. <laughs> thank you. So, uh, I mean, he went up there with the purpose of debunking it, and, and he experienced it. So it's, it's definitely something that's been now validated in him. I'm glad that other people have had it happen to them, too, because otherwise it sounds sketchy when the host of a radio show is coming on and saying, let's talk about what happened to me. So I'm glad that other people had it happen and, and can verify. So, but last night we were here and we were in the parlor uh, where the couch is—not uh, the original couch, but you know where it's in the position of where Mr. Borden was killed. And Moniz and I were sitting down. We were just talking, and everybody came in from the Ghost Hunters University, and they said, uh, "You know, we're going to do some work in this room." I said, "Do you want me to get up off the couch?" And they said, "No, you can stay there." So I laid down, goofing, you know, in the Mr. Borden pose. Everybody started snapping pictures, and all of a sudden, orbs start showing up in these photos. So they're doing... You're also leaving out the EMF detector starting to go off. Well, did that happen before, or I don't remember? It started happening the moment uh, they were starting to get the orbs going. Okay. Because I, what happened to me laying down there is what immediately happens to me when I lay down in the chimney room. I started feeling this cold enveloping me, and it dropped seriously around me. And uh, I think there was one or two people with thermometers that were actually able to verify that there was a temperature drop and the tingling sensation that happens and everything, you know, starts going on. So there was definitely some phenomena taking place. People were getting some sort of results uh, with their equipment. The EMFs were going off quite a bit. Yeah. Uh, so it, and then we stopped and we moved on to the upstairs. And when we were upstairs in the murder room where, where Abby Borden was, was slain, uh, I remember I came up at the tail end uh, because I needed to regain my bearings, but there was somebody standing in the spot where uh, Abby Borden had been killed, and Chris was having them lean back. What, what exactly was going on, Matt? It wasn't so much as he was having them lean back. Uh, it, that's what naturally happens when you're standing there. Most of your energy gets drained out of you. Your knees will buckle out from under you, and you wind up pretty much almost falling so, over. So that's what it was. It's a spot where there's a serious energy drain. Right. Okay. And whoever the woman was who was brave enough to stand there, it did happen to her. Yes. And uh, she kept falling back. Chris kept catching her. And, and then we were in that room. We closed the door, uh, shut off the lights with the purpose of doing traditional EVP work. And Chris said, everybody, please remain still. Don't move. Don't make a sound so that we don't have any false positives. And so I'm standing there, and uh, Moniz is next to me, and I have my back to the door to the hallway that's closed. And all of a sudden, I'm grabbing his shirt. And he's turning around looking at me like, leave me alone. <laughs> but I was grabbing a shirt because something was pushing me backward. And every time I was going back, I was like, I'm going to hit the door, and then everybody's going to yell at me for making a noise. And I'm getting pushed, like, and I'm trying to lean forward, and it's pushing me back. And I'm grabbing on to, to Moniz to balance myself. And I didn't want to say anything because I didn't want to be that guy. I didn't want to be that guy that has something happen to him all the time. 
So I was hesitant to say anything when the lights came back on, uh, and then finally I just said it because I, I had to say it. And somebody on the other side of the room was like, yeah, that was happening to me too. And then somebody next to me was saying, yeah, that was happening to me too. So you know, there was definitely something going on there as well. Uh, maybe there was some sort of spirit in that room that didn't like the fact that we were in there doing what we were doing and was trying to get out. We were blocking the way, which is interesting that it couldn't pass through us. Hmm. Um, so, uh, that's yes, the most right over us? Yes. Well, right over the front parlor? Yeah. Yes. That is where it happened. Has that happened to you before, Leanne, with uh, being pushed? I didn't get pushed. She went straight through me. Straight through you? Yes. So, why, I wonder why then, if it went through you, it couldn't go through us, unless it was just messing with us. Um, I wasn't up there when it happened to you guys. So I'll put this down. Okay. As I, as I said earlier, she's actually trying to clean up, and we're on our way by doing this radio show. Of course, we thank you, too, for being gracious enough to let us come here and broadcast live. I have to say this is like old times, Leanne. It certainly is, Mr. Kirby. Yes, Mrs. Kirby. <laughs> we, were, we were in a show together years ago, You Can't Take It With You, and we were Mr. and Mrs. Kirby. And uh, that's why I say it seems like old times, Leanne sitting next to me. And, um, and here we are doing parlor games again. Who would have thunk our, our paths would cross many years later? Under mysterious circumstances. Don't tell Mr. Borden that you can't take it with you. Exactly. <laughs> at least, at least from what he was telling us last night. So, so you were saying that uh, you were in that room uh, and something passed through you. What exactly were you doing? Uh, just general. It was, no, it was last April. I went up there to make the bed. Uh, I guess I'd left late. So um, I know it was about ten thirty because I had guests waiting on the doorstep to come in, and the guests had just left. I had to go up there to make the bed. So I just changed the sheets on the bed. I dropped the mattress back into the frame. I was leaned over the end of the bed, tucking it in, and felt a tightening in my chest. I figured it was just me stressing out because I had to get everything done you know, before before I started the tour. And but it was getting harder for me to breathe. So I start lifting, pushing myself back off the bed, the bed, thinking maybe it was the way I was leaning over the bed. And it felt like somebody hit me in the chest, straight, just hit me in the middle of the chest with the palm of their hand and lost all my energy my legs went out from underneath me that's all I remember and by the time I hit the floor I was sobbing it just was my my first immediate thought was grief just absolute grief and I could not move on the I was curled up on the floor for a good 10 minutes before I finally crawled out of the room and called one of my employees to come out and help me for the day. I and couldn't move. Have you had that sensation since? No, I mean, that was the one and only time. Have you got a sense of grease? Uh, gr I'm sorry, grief? Grease. Yeah. Grease is the word. <laughs> it is the word. <laughs> but uh, y you haven't felt that, no, that heaviness? No, not at all. Um, heaviness, yes, in certain parts of the house. It's coming back now, along with our stinky fellow, apparently. He's been smelled again the last couple of weeks. Um, we'll get into that later. <laughs> Actually, we're not going to get into that tonight, but we'll we'll talk about that with you off the air. Okay. Um, no, I, I I was the one and only time I ever felt anything like that in the house. I mean, nothing in the house has been has scared me. Nothing has. I've been unnerved by a few things that definitely unnerved me because you, who can prepare for things like that? To this day, I don't know what happened. 
I know one minute I was fine, making the bed, getting re getting ready for the day. Next thing I was on the floor, crying, overcome. I just sadness, absolute sadness. Well, Leanne, would you describe yourself as being normally sensitive to psychic phenomena? I was when I was little. You I grew do. Out of it? Hmm? You grew out of it. I did when I was about twelve or thirteen. It stopped. Mm -hmm. it just stopped one day. I think being in this house constantly, though, I've just picked up on the atmosphere to a certain degree. I'm here. I'm, I'm, I practically live here now. So, um, as some, some, as some of my friends accuse me, I spend far too much time alone in the house. Well, are you ever really alone in the house? Uh, don't look at me like that. <laughs> <laughs> are you ever really alone in the house, though? No, I'm not. You always feel a presence. Always, always. You're a part of this house just as much as anybody else who has lived here or spent a significant amount of time here? Uh, at this point, yes. Mm -hmm. uh, again, apparently Mr. Boyden doesn't think so, <laughs> at least from what he was saying last night. Uh, Andrea, you were down there. You know what I'm talking about. Yeah. He does not want anybody here. Uh, does not like the fact that it is now a bed and breakfast, which, of course, you can stay at. You can get a room here and stay and experience some of this for yourself. If you just go to lizzie-boyden.com, you can find out all the information there. Now, see, I've had the opposite feeling. I don't think he feel you must probably weren't talking to Mr. Borden down there then. Again, that's something we'll talk to you about later on. Mm, okay. <laughs> hey, Keith, uh, let's just put it this way. Be on your guard tonight because whatever is here, it doesn't like John Zaffis. No. So uh, I wonder why it wouldn't like John Zaffis. Well, everybody else likes John Zaffis. The whole, the whole world loves John Zaffis. Not here, apparently. <laughs> yes, so we'll get into that. Remind me All we'll right. talk about we that. All right, we will. Uh, and if you'd like to join in the discussion, please call 508-971. gave the wrong number. 508-471-4469. 508-441-I-Howell. And you can get in touch with us here uh, at the Lizzie Borden Bed and Breakfast where Chris Moon is conducting his Ghost Hunters University. And we can share with you uh, some of the sights and sounds of what's going on. We'll try to relay the things that are going on as best we can. Uh, as I was, uh, I was saying before, we went upstairs into that room and had you know this pushing sensation happen. And then after that, we went downstairs to the basement to do the Frank's Box session. And uh, we're going to see if, hopefully, if Chris can get us that audio, we can put it on our website. But just to give everybody an idea of what was being talked about, uh, everybody that was here last night, they immediately gravitated toward the controversial because everybody is looking into all the different theories of what went on here. Flippy? And one of those theories is that uh, there was some sort of incestuous relationship going on with Mr. Borden and his daughters. I said it. Oh, I'm sorry. I forgot Andrea was in the room. She's going to be mad. She's the one that's going to bear the brunt of it. Yeah. <laughs> well, that's the problem with radio is we, we have to be honest. We have to be honest. We're going home later, so it's all right with us. And, uh, yeah, well, we can talk about it, Matt Moniz. I mean. No, it's true. It's part of what's happening. And we're not, she can blame us all she wants, but they're talking about it downstairs or upstairs, wherever they are right now, so we're not the only ones talking about it. But, essentially, there is rumors of an improper relationship uh, between Mr. Borden and one or both of his daughters. And, and the help and the help as well, Bridget Sullivan, the maid. And that was the point of many of the questions being asked last night, which is why I brought it up. 
that was the basis of a lot of the questions with the Frank's box session down in the basement. And something was coming through and saying, you know, trying to block Lizzie from coming through and answering those questions. Block everybody coming through. And uh, But there were snippets of the conversation that it did come out. I'll give you the gist of what was being gathered by the answers being given, rather than go through step-by-step the questions that were asked. Essentially, the theory coming out of that session, and Chris had its information that he'd gotten before from these spirits, is that there was an improper relationship. There was six abortions that were performed in the house, two by the doctor next door, Dr. Kelly, and then four that were not. Uh, there is also some reference made to the basin in the basement. Is that? Well, not so much the basin, but the remains supposedly are in the basement. Well, I thought I heard somebody say that they were buried under the basin in the basement. Like I said, you were closer to and more able to hear than I was. Okay, so, so uh, th- but that's what was uh, being, if not said through Frank's box, being conjectured uh, by the, the answers that were being given. So... Uh, you and I were speculating on the ride home that if there were six procedures done and only two were done by the doctor, who did the other four? And chances are they're probably the latter four. Uh, but anyway, I mean, we're getting off topic in, in terms of that. But So th- these procedures were done in the house and that, that was the basis of why whoever did what they did did what they did. Um, because Mr. Borden committed these acts and, and Abby knew about it and let it go on. Uh, the interesting thing, why don't you tell everybody what was said about the uh, conspiracy? The, do, you, do you recall that part? What, about the money? No, about, about the actual murder itself, what, what Mr. Borden or, or whoever it was said. As to why they did it? It said, well, he said that there were six that conspired oh, okay. and three, three that, that performed, performed it. it. Yeah, okay. And which was interesting because, you know, if the three were, say, Lizzie, Emma, and Bridget, then who were the other three that were involved in the conspiracy? Now, you asked an excellent question, I thought. Uh, what would happen if you tested the remains of their blood? And that blood does still exist in a historical society, and I have the equipment to test it, too. Yeah, they're not going to let you. Know. We'll try, but they're not. Uh, I could make it so that they have to. It's a matter of public record. It's public material. Well, hasn't um, anybody tried up to this point? Oh, I'm sure other people have tried stuff in the past, but uh, I have some very sensitive uh, chemical equipment because uh, that's what my job is, is uh, detection of chemicals in very small trace amounts. So you're going to bring in some ultra-modern forensics. No, I'm going to acquire a sample from them and bring it to the lab. It's a little harder to bring the instruments in there. But, uh, yeah, I, c- I can bring instrumentation to bear on it and see if, if my thing is correct. If, if Well, when they let you, we'll say that. Uh, but you asked, well, you know, what would I find if I tested your blood? And the answer was? Cyanide. Yes, you're told. And she was accused of buying uh, prussic acid. Now, prussic acid is basically <laughs> potassium cyanide. Right, and she said that she was going to remove a stain from a seal skin cape. Correct. But uh, she wasn't sold it, right? The pharmacist refused to sell it to her, I believe? Refused to sell her. I think it was in the amount she was looking for. Mm -hmm. And uh, who's to say someone else didn't acquire it? I mean, that just gives you a a window into what might have been the possible plan. True. Uh, They could have acquired it through other means. Um, I mean, I'm sure if Bridget walked in and, and asked for it, 
uh, and said she was using it for cleaning purposes. Nobody would bat an eye because she was the housekeeper. So even in even in a large amount. Mm-hmm. But uh, we're, <laughs> we're going to start picking up like EVPs and stuff over this. Matt calls to pay attention. I'd like to say that this... This whole story of the Borden case is very close to me and my family simply because my maternal grandfather lived in the town of Fall River when it happened. He was about five years old when the murders took place, and so he doesn't remember it actually happening, but uh, he was sort of a neighbor. He lived about a mile away, and he certainly remembers the aftermath in the community, which went on for the, for the generation. And, and uh, in the cemetery, Oak Grove Cemetery, my mother's side of the family is buried right next to the Bordens. So you see the Bordens, and you see the places, and the Darlings, and these English names, and the Greens. That's my family. So we used to make a family picnic of it every year during the 60s and 70s. We'd uh, always t- make an annual trip in August and uh, visit the Borden and Place Cemetery, Oak Grove Cemetery. So that's why it's, it's very close to me. And... Imagine now if you know if you had had a tape recorder with you during those pictures. Yeah, I should have. I should have brought one. <laughs> it's it's just interesting how much to this day, uh, over a hundred years later, it still affects this community so much. I mean, when you talk about Fall River to people outside of Massachusetts or you know across the country, and you mention Fall River, Massachusetts, oh Lizzie Borden, exactly, and it's become the symbol of the city of Fall River. Um, I remember uh, my first year covering the Celtics. Chris Heron, who was a high school basketball star here at Durfee High School, was a member of the Celtics. And I said to him, I, I said, you know, are you going to always, you know, are, are you going to try to make sure that when people think of Fall River, they think of Chris Heron? And he says, <laughs> I, I'll never compete with Lizzie Borden. Oh, no. <laughs> <laughs> so, and he was right. I mean, it's a, a, unfortunately, his career didn't really go that well either, but. Um, at the same time, you know, it's it's become such uh, – even now, I mean, we're here because there's an event here. But, you know, last week and the week before, uh, Discovery Times Channel is running a special, you know, about Lizzie Borden and about the case and some of the scientific stuff that was done. And that's probably a five-year-old documentary now, but it's constantly being rerun because there's such interest in it. Uh, as, you know, the Ghost Hunters has been here. Uh, Unsolved Mysteries has been here. There's been numerous – television programs that have come here and documented this case because there's always constant interest and I think because it's an unsolved mystery and because it's an unsolved murder that people keep coming back to it and saying I'm going to be the one that's going to figure it out. Mm-hmm. Incidentally Tim, do you know why most of the Fall River police were not here on the day of the murder August 4th, 1892? No. They were on their annual vacation picnic at Rocky Point, Rhode Island. Wow. Which is considered a haunted location today. Absolutely, yes. Uh, actually, I just got word uh, from somebody who was here last time, uh, our, our friend Bunyan, who was here last time, uh, sent out a MySpace bulletin about this new Rocky Point movie that's coming out. Oh, yes. So it'll be really interesting to find out if they're going to focus on any of that stuff at all. I mean, it looks like a real his- a retrospective piece, uh, but I wonder if some of that might come into play. We we actually were looking into trying to get in there and investigate it. Ah, we have a call coming in? Okay. <laughs> well, if you'd like to come in, we should have turned off those sound effects. If you'd like to call in, 508-471-4469. But we wanted to get in there and investigate, and right when I sent the inquiry, maybe a couple of weeks later, there was the fire. So it looks like we probably won't get that opportunity now because that just 
push the we talked about this with Chris Balzano I think last week how uh whenever there's a place that's scheduled for demolition for some sort of condo or housing development there always seems to be a mysterious fire that helps move construction along yes how did that happen not accusing anybody of anything (laughs) but it's just that's a strange coincidence maybe it's some form of religious lightning (laughs) (laughs) that's from the amusement gods Uh, but so uh getting getting back to what we talked about last night now with the with the frank's box session uh they're going to try and do that again tonight uh in different locations in the house are there other questions, Matt Moniz, that you think need to be answered as a result of what we learned last night? In follow-up to some of the stuff I asked last night? Mm-hmm. Yeah, I have a, a handful of others, most definitely. And, uh, Keith, this will be your first time ever seeing a Frank's box in action? Yes, it will. I've been looking forward to it. Yeah. I know my friend Jeanette Osborne of IPI and I were talking about this just a few hours ago, and we were discussing... What could be the cause? What could be the motivating factor behind these voices? And so I'm looking forward to investigating it very much. And do you have uh, some some questions that you're waiting to ask, or are you going to try to just go with the flow of the conversation? I'm going to begin by going with the flow of the conversation, but there are some specific questions I would like to ask from my point of view later on. So, uh, What to you is the most interesting aspect of the haunting reports that are coming out of here what what is it uh, the phenomenon that comes out of here that most interests you is it you know the fact that mr borden is is seen and and heard and experienced is it the fact that there are the children from next door that are still floating around i think the most interesting interesting aspect is that some people are affected more so than others Mm -hmm. and the reason why some people are and I was wondering with yourself, Tim, why it would insult you like that, as you said. I, I know. Were, is it because you were provoking it? Yeah, or? I, I'm pretty sure that it doesn't like me because of the uh, the attitude. I don't want to say attitude per se, but um, the last time I was here with with Brian, we were you know we we're like all all you can do is parlor tricks. You know, you can't right, do anything yeah. more serious. Mm-hmm. While we were having the conversation over the Frank's box yesterday, uh, I asked if it was. Uh, what the hell is that, Moniz? That's an incoming call. Okay. <laughs> SpookySouthCoast.com, recently redesigned by the Silent Assassin. Where'd you learn how to do that stuff? Uh, I stole it from someone. Well, that's the I nature. stole it from the Happy Snail Media guy. Uh, happy birthday to Happy Snail Media, by the way. Today is the... I didn't steal, I borrowed it, I guess. Well, you had permission. So uh, he, he gave me a lot of uh, insight and guided me through the whole thing pretty much i'm pretty sure what actually happened is you said hey can you do this and he's like no but i'll tell you how you can do it <laughs> kind of well we uh we thank you for doing that he updated the website now uh officially matt moniz is part of the show because it mentioned you on the website on the front page uh and also uh but you can go to the, we have the store there i guess we have to plug the store uh, you can Correct. click on the store and buy some stuff we got some new merchandise coming too so stay tuned for that uh also oh should we mention the party the party the, on March 29th. The March 29th at Knuckleheads. At Knuckleheads in New Bedford. The exactly. Spooky South Coast first anniversary plus three months uh, special party. We're going to have uh, a band. We don't know which band yet, but we're going to have a band. We're going to have a raffle with some great prizes. Um, and all the money from the raffle is going to go to benefit uh, the station family's uh, fire fund. I'm sure I'm butchering the name, but we talked about it on the show where we talked about Nikki O'Neill and the 41 case. 
Uh, but we will all the money that we make from the raffle, we will donate to them. Uh, there w- there'll be a cover can charge I, to get in. Can I mention uh, the people who Absolutely. have already donated? Absolutely. Uh, Crystal Expectations has donated a $50 gift certificate or Excellent. a free reading. Uh, the Guitar Shelter in Buzzes Bay has, is also donating something. And we're working on lots of other prizes for you guys. And uh, in addition, we have some autographed photos from Donna LaCroix that she was kind enough to give us before. Yep, Donna donated a bunch. Um, uh, Steve Gonzalez donated a bunch of uh, photographs autographed as well as did uh, Tango. Um, Lisa Duality also donated some. And we'll, we'll get and Keith of course, to sign Brian. stuff. Of course, I'd be glad to. And, uh, and you know, it's... All the money's going to charity. I mean, we, we're going to charge $5 to get in, uh, but that's pretty much just going to cover the, it should be the incidentals. It should be the debut of our T-shirts and our merchandise. Yes, we'll have Brought that. Brought to us by the good people at Dark Side Inc. Yes. And, uh, uh, of course, we, we can't say enough. We can't be gracious to Stony and Knuckleheads for allowing us to have the party there. Uh, for those of you who haven't been to Knuckleheads, if you're local to the New Bedford area, it's uh, it's a, it's a great place, and we're going to be using the the downstairs function hall, where uh, there'll be plenty of room, and you know the bar will be open, the kitchen will be open, and you'll have a chance to eat and drink and be merry. So, and Mary will be there too. She said she's coming. So. All right, hey, we gotta we gotta fix that. <laughs> Good evening. You're on Spooky South Coast, Act. We have your name and where you're calling from. Hello? Hello. Hi, how you doing? Good, how are you doing? All right, uh, can we have your name and where you're calling from? My name's Jessica, I'm calling from Orange County. All right, uh, how's things going out there tonight? Good. Okay, uh, do you have a question uh, regarding Lizzie Borden? or? Huh? Do you have a question? No, I want to I wanna speak to a relative over the ghost box. Oh, she's calling for the ghost box. She's oh, okay. calling for Frank's box. Oh, you want you want to try to to ask a question through Frank's box? Yeah, but oh. I'm I'm not really sure if I get this whole thing. Okay, well, what what's going to happen is uh, um, Chris Moon is actually out uh, working in some of the other areas of the house, but uh, if we can, he's going to try to bring Frank's box into the room uh, where we are in the dining room. And if he can do that and we can get it going, we'll open it up for people to call in with questions then. Okay, cool. All right, so if you want to try hey, where us Where are you guys at right now, exactly? We're in the dining room of the Lizzie Borden Bed and Breakfast in Fall River. Really? Is it scary? Uh, at times, yes. It's, uh, it shouldn't deter anybody from coming here and renting a room for the night, though. But <laughs> are you, I say are you familiar? Leanne walks into the room. Are you familiar with the Lizzie Borden story? Yeah, I learned that in history class. And, uh, you know, you learn in, in history class about the murders themselves and about the different suspects, but the paranormal stuff that's been happening here in the years since is, is really intriguing. Really? Oh, absolutely. We've, what you, kind of stuff has happened? Oh, there's been uh, reports of uh, there's a bookcase that won't stay closed. Uh, that's pretty interesting when you consider what we heard on Frank's box yesterday. That there what was did some, you hear on his box yesterday? Oh, that uh, Mr. Borden was saying that there was some papers hidden in the wall behind the bookcase. Don't come in here and dig the walls up if you stay 
I have to say that now because Leanne's looking at me and she's going to kill me if anybody tries to crack open the wall. But he was saying that there were some important papers behind the wall, uh, so that might be why the bookshelf is constantly, the bookcase is constantly being opened. Uh, there's also, you know, what we've experienced when we've been here, uh, pushing, choking, um, having your legs lifted up. Uh, there's been. So why do people stay there? For the well, excitement of it. Yeah, I mean, not everybody that comes well, here. I would say that, but like, have any of the guests ever been hurt? I don't think anybody's ever been hurt, but they have witnessed some frightening things, and they have been poked and prodded and touched. Uh, I believe somebody saw a shoe flying across the room one night, and they were out here in the middle of the night. They they just wouldn't stay the remainder of why, the evening. Why she killed her parents? The reason behind it? I'm sorry? You know why she killed her parents? Well, we're not totally sure she did. Right. She was, uh, she was she actually was acquitted, acquitted of the yeah. crime. She was acquitted, acquitted of the crime, and although she was one of the lead suspects, it's never been proven. There's various theories. There's, of course, the incest theory. There's money. There's the, the fact that they were living uh, uh-huh. well below their means, even though the Borden family was quite wealthy. So there's a number of theories about it. Yeah. Did they put her in a, um, like a mental TV lunatic home after oh, no. that? No, she she did spend quite a few months in prison awaiting her trial, but she was acquitted. She was found not guilty, and she went on to uh, live elsewhere in Fall River. She did move away from this house, but uh, she lived until her 60s and uh, never found guilty, never proven guilty. They never had evidence showing that she was actually involved in the homicides. If you if you want to find out more about the case, you can go online. Uh, the Bed and Breakfast has a website, Lizzie, L-I-Z-Z-I-E dash Borden, B-O-R-D-E-N dot com. Uh, and if you go to our site, SpookySouthCoast.com, uh, or if you go to iTunes and you look up our show there, you can find, uh-huh. uh, we've done a couple of episodes on the case now, and you can you can find out more about it that way as well. Oh, okay. Thank you. All right. Thank you for checking in, and uh, stay tuned because maybe we will get that Frank's box in here a little later on. Okay, right on. All right, thanks. And if you would, if you would like to call in and check in with us here on Spooky South Coast inaugural live streaming show, uh, you can call us five zero eight nine seven one four four six nine or nine seven. I'm sorry, five zero eight four seven one. I howl, ponies. Well, what we'll do is in the future, we'll just record that and use it as a drop so we don't have to keep making you howl. Why don't you get a real werewolf? We can always have Penny Dreadful come in. Yeah, we do have, we do know a a real. Oh, speaking of Penny Dreadful, uh, Matt Costa has a a fabulous radio prize for you, um, that he picked up today at that radio station whose name we won't say tonight. Because we're mad at them. <laughs> uh, but he he does have a fabulous radio prize dropped off to us by Penny Dreadful, the episode of when we were on Penny Dreadful Shilling Shockers. Oh, cool. So and uh, we'll see if we can get permission to upload it to the website, at least for a little while. And if you'd like to purchase a copy of Penny Dreadful Shilling Shockers, just go to their website, Shilling Shockers. That's spelled S-H-I-L-L-I-N-G, shockers.com. And uh, you can order them there as well. This is, this is like a plug fest tonight. What else can we plug? Haunted Times Magazine, absolutely. Go to hauntedtimes.com. Make sure you subscribe. Uh, there's a, four times a year. Four times a year. You can check out some of the uh, most interesting news in the paranormal field, and you can find out more on their website about various other Ghost Hunters universities and other locations. What's, uh, what's the next on the agenda? Okay. 
So there's still spots open for that? The Hawthorne Hotel in Salem. Really? We'll have uh, we'll we'll have Keith share your microphone. Uh, there was a woman there who uh, had asked to contact her mother. She was concerned that her mother was still angry with her, and her mother, in her own voice, said, "You're beautiful." And the woman heard the, her mother's voice, and she said, "Oh my God, that was her voice," and started crying. And then the next comment was. You know, stop crying. I can't believe you've made her cry. And of course, Chris upstairs says, I didn't mean to make her cry. And so um, it was a very powerful moment for her. She, her mother died in uh, March. And she said she obviously hadn't heard her mother's voice since before she had died. And it was, like I said, quite a powerful moment for her. Now, does that happen frequently when you're using the box? Will other spirits, other than the sure. ones you're targeting? Sure. Sure. Yeah, and, and we were up there. My father as well came through in his voice and, every, and a couple other. I mean, I, for some reason, all the stars and planets have aligned nicely tonight, and people have been able to contact their loved ones that have passed. So that's the added benefit is being able to talk to some people that you might want to hear from as opposed to yeah. sometimes hearing from those you don't. Exactly. Uh, is, is there any way uh, when, when you are using the box to... I know Chris can kind of target who it is that he's trying to talk to, but if you're just generally asking a question, um, can you target anybody in time and space to, to try to make a connection with? Yeah, you can always try. It doesn't mean that you'll always be successful. Um, and it also depends. You know, like a lot of times, as I'm sure as you know, our loved ones follow us to, to places that they, they stay with us. And so um, especially when you're in a place that they feel they can communicate with you, via Frank's Box, EVP, or even scent, sight, sound, they're going to try to do that. And so it, it was nice tonight uh, to know that people were able to ask for their specific loved ones and that the people that they asked for were actually there and came through in their own voices, which happens sometimes, but honestly, I can't say it happens all the time. Well, because generally when you're using the box, you're trying to just grab whatever, they're, they're trying to grab whatever audio they can pull from the, from the waves being blasted mm -hmm. into it. So, I mean, that must be a, a very strong connection to use their own voice. It, it is. It's very strong. And, and, you know, it seems to me that the greater the, pl the, the greater the energy of the place that we're in, the easier it is for that to happen. Um, there's a place out in uh, Iowa that we go to, and it seems that's another very powerful place, and there's actually a lot of spiritual energy attached to that particular place. I don't know if I should mention it or not. but Absolutely not. Uh, it's the Mason House Inn in Bentonsport, Iowa. And we're out there doing uh, Ghost Hunter Universities four times a year. And uh, that's another a place that's very powerful uh, energy-wise and that I think helps people come through in and a positive way. So it is an added benefit if you attend one of these and you can talk. It's better than a psychic because it's their own voice, yeah. as you said, and you don't well, have to. And what's fascinating is, is that it seems like, you know, I, I would have to say the majority of the time they bring through a message um, you know, sometimes, yes, in their own voice. Other times, it's a more electronic voice, radio voice. But they always seem to bring through a message that that person has been waiting to hear and needing to hear. And so it's not like they're bringing necessarily just random messages like, tell Bob I said hi. Mm -hmm. They're bringing a message that that person will understand. And when the mother's voice tonight came back and said, you are beautiful, that girl knew exactly what that was for, that message was about. And like I said, more importantly, it came in through her own voice, and she 
I, I thought she was going to pass out, similar to the experience I had when I first heard my father's voice after he had died. So I've, I've heard that a lot of people have very emotional reactions when they actually hear these voices coming through that they do recognize. Mm-hmm. Oh, it's it's fascinating. I uh, one of the reasons I got into this field is when I was attending a ghost hunting university, and um, Chris had said, "Come early. We'll try to bring your dad in." And I did, and literally his own voice said my name, said Nina. And I literally fell out of the chair forward and thought I was going to pass out. And I was emotionally, I mean, and then the very next thing, I was crying, and the very next thing that came out said, don't cry. And it was too late, obviously. <laughs> At that point, I was in tears. But, but definitely, um, you know, it, it's very powerful, very emotional um, for people to hear those voices again. And it's, you know, it's it's similar to when, well, I wouldn't even say it's similar because it's real time, but I found an old videotape of my father, um, and it, it, it had his voice on there. He said something in it, and this was a couple of years before he died, and so, of course, I'm coveting the videotape <laughs> of that because I it's the one thing that I, I have to remember his voice by. And so this is very similar, and, and I think she recorded it. So Now, I'm not trying to... Uh put a damper on anybody's experience with it, but at least in your experiences, is it possible that there could be trickery involved from other spirits sure. using those voices? Well, that is a good question. I don't, I can't, I don't have the answer for that. Um, obviously, obviously it's a positive yeah. message. It's, it's not going to be that case, but. Well, but yeah, I, I don't, I don't put anything past, you know, I think there's always a possibility for anything positive or negative. Mm-hmm. You just have to learn I think it also depends on the message that comes through. You know, like, it seems, for me, the messages that we have gotten through spirits that have come through in their own voices have always had a specific message to give. And that specific message, the the people that receive that message know exactly what that person means. And I think that's part of how emotional it is, not only because um, they're hearing the voice, but because they connect with exactly what they've heard and they understand it, and so it's, it's like a double positive well tim's tim's question brings up a question of my own and that is do non-human spirits ever seem to come through say as in a guardian angel since angel means messenger mm-hmm. i would say i mean yeah we've had intelligent spirits not you know non-intelligent unborn spirits demonic energy has come through um and that's pretty scary some of those negative ones especially it's it's pretty the, the sounds that come through are very um evil sounding <laughs> and so yeah i would say you can get um different energies coming through yeah so would you say there is a potential inherent danger in this to somebody who may be uh very sensitive or overly sensitive well uh, i think that um there's always a danger or that there's a possibility of a danger um i don't i i, I guess yeah i mean i i wouldn't say that that there's an overt overtness to it, if that makes any sense at all. But, but I suppose, I suppose, yeah, that there's there can always be a danger in it in exploring the the phenomena that we do. Well, while we have Dina with us, if anybody has any questions about Frank's box and how it works, uh, she's there right next to Chris while he's operating it. Give us a call five zero eight four seven one. I howl five zero eight four seven one four four six nine. Can I do the howl this time? You can. Go ahead. Oh, there you go. Oh, she's got you beat. Very good. We're gonna record that and save it. 
and, and you can call us up and, and, and ask questions about Frank's Box. It's, it's gotten a lot of uh, publicity lately, uh, both Chris's mm-hmm. appearance on our show a couple weeks ago and, of course, that other show that he was on that's a little bit bigger than us, Coast to Coast. <laughs> uh, <laughs> it's funny because I was telling the story that uh, I was telling the story on the show that we actually booked the interview with Chris like four or five days before I'd heard that he was going to be on Coast to Coast. Yeah. And then I was like, oh, pfft, forget it. Nobody's going to listen to our show now. But oh, that's there was not true. A lot of people were just so interested in this device, and it doesn't work for everybody. Uh, but it's it doesn't. Thomas Edison actually said that there are only uh, thirty people that are supposed to be able to use the device properly. And, of course, uh, during the Coast to Coast interview, um, over 500 people had written into Mr. Nori within the course of probably an hour saying that they were one of the 30 people. So, um, you know, who knows? Well, well Thomas Edison probably knows. But Thomas I don't think, Edison knows. I don't think George does. I don't think George knows. Uh, and I know George was hoping he was one of the 30, but uh, we'll, I don't know. we'll see. I don't Maybe, know. Maybe, is that George? All right. Okay. Okay, sure. Hi. Hi. I'm Melinda with Meg West. Oh, hi. How you doing? Good. How are you? All right. And uh, would, do you have a question about Frank's box in particular or about the Lizzie Borden case? Probably Frank's box. Okay. Hi, Ken. This is Jeanette, too. Hi, Jeanette. Hey. Hi, Jeanette. Hi, Jeanette. Hello. And Jeanette, I'm here, too. <laughs> Everybody's here. <laughs> We're all here, Jeanette. <laughs> Party over here. Sandra's here too. Hello, Jeanette. Hi. <laughs> it's like a big, big so family. We get best ball, so we can't let her have all the fun from our team. You there know. you go. There you go. But Melissa has a question. All right. Can Frank's boss answer questions from the phone? From the phone? Mm-hmm. Like a caller. Sure. Well, what, what, what? Uh the only thing you could probably do, um, I mean, we could probably work on setting it up, but it's it's hard because sometimes with Frank's box, um, it's not Hollywood, and it, it doesn't sound like what you and I are, you know, how you and I are conversing. It it can be fairly jumbled. Some things come out clear. Some things have to be analyzed. So certainly the potential is there. Um, if anything, you know, it could be something that is turned on and, and ask a question, and we could uh, try to decipher as best as possible. Um, but yeah, so I guess anything's possible. Give it worth giving a shot. If if so we are, get it. sorry, go ahead. Oh, I was gonna say so you could get an answer, Melissa, but maybe not directly from the box. Well, no. Well, she could she could probably get it from the box. Um, I mean, but if she couldn't hear it. Well, like I said, it's possible, I and mean, we could we could turn it on. I mean, I don't have it. I'm not with it right this moment, but it could be turned on, and it could be you know the microphone could be close to it, and we could see what kind of answers we could get that way. Um, also, you know, sometimes you can hear answers as they're coming out of the box um, that might not be discernible to you, or I would have to go back and analyze. I do anal- I do the analysis for the Frank's box um, EVP. The first plan, so to speak, was to ask a question of my dearly departed grandfather, whom I never met, mm-hmm. and then quickly changed plans to asking who is haunting Melissa's house, mm-hmm. who has been here since 1999 when we moved here. Hmm. So we were trying to kind of have, go with plan B. <laughs> have, you, have you tried traditional EVPs? Yes. With uh, any results? The result is anything from uh, whispers to screams. To walking around, to whistling, to you know, pretty much anything. So no, no definitive answers. No, mm. 
No definitive. Hmm. Now, would it be necessary, do you think, to have the box on that site to ask those questions? No. No, because... Um, well, I mean, would it increase the likelihood that you would get the answers you're looking for? Oh, yes. Definitely. Definitely. I mean, I, I, I think that... It, curiosity about the box. So, let's go with plan A, then. What do you think? I'm sorry? Go with plan A about the grandfather? Yeah, I never, I've never met him. I don't know what his voice sounds like, to tell you the truth. I'm sorry, I didn't understand the question. She's asking, plan A is to speak to the spirit of her grandfather, who she never met in life. Uh Well, you mean, is that possible to do, or will we do it right now? Is that what you meant? Either either one. Oh, okay. I actually don't have the box with me right now in front of me. Um, It's actually in a a separate room right now, so I wouldn't be able to answer that question for you immediately. Um, But, you know, certainly, um, where are you located? California. California, okay. You know, Southern we California. Southern. Oh, we were just out at the Whaley House in January and, oh. and did an event out there, yeah. And um, I don't oh, I you guys I was there. Yeah, we were just out there in January. We're trying to we're gonna try to get back there hopefully this uh, summer. So uh, if anything, if you could be patient, <laughs> maybe we could get back out there and you could come to the event and uh, we could look at contacting uh, somebody Great. that there as well. But um, you know, all I can recommend is maybe you give our office a call. Um we're back on Monday. Um, you could give our office a call and uh, talk to Chris. Sounds good. And um, see if he can help out. Um, I think part of the curiosity or part of what Melissa's question is is whether or not anybody has tried to through a phone. Not yet. Not yet. Yeah, not yet. We've, we've we, you know, um, we, usually do, we usually do on-site when we use Frank's box. It's usually on-site, so... Um, but it would be interesting to try, and you know, maybe you could, you guys could help us with that little experiment. Uh, we would love to we'll do it. <laughs> okay. <laughs> well, and you know, when you when you call, if you call the office on Monday, just let Chris know that you spoke with me via Spooky South South, uh, South Coast. Coast. <laughs> I was thinking Southwest. <laughs> Sorry, I'm from Colorado, and so I think thinking back to the warmth of back there. Um, no, Spooky South Coast, and that uh, I said told you guys to give us a call. Sounds great. All right. Thanks, guys. Thank you very much. All right. Take care. Bye-bye, guys. Bye-bye. Bye, Jeanette. Bye-bye. Now, uh, Chris Chris had mentioned the – we'll try to fix that. We'll take a break and we'll try to fix that. Uh, Chris had mentioned the possibility of trying to bring the box in later, but I want to stress to everybody that if we do do that, uh, I think the best opportunity for everybody to feel what's going on is for – us to just hold out a microphone and get the general idea of what's going on here and to kind of just be flies on the wall a bit. Mm-hmm. Um, if people want to call in now with a you know possible question they'd like to have answered, uh, whether or not we're able to do it in this room or elsewhere in the house later on when we're off the air, we'll try to have somebody ask that question and we'll let you know what the answer is. Mm-hmm. I think that would probably work the best just because I'm afraid that because uh, there's such a wide audience on planetparanormal.com, I'd be afraid that if we did that, people would start calling in. And, yeah. you know, when people are calling up and saying, my grandmother died of cancer, I didn't get to say goodbye to her. You know, I'd like to have one last chance to talk to her. I mean, it's, it's got to be hard to try to turn down that request. Oh, it is. I mean, every day we get a lot of calls <laughs> from people that, you know, well, can you help me? Can you help me? Can you help me? And, um, you know, it, it's hard because you want to help everybody, but you, you know, and then you have to discern, well, gosh, if I help this person, then I have to help that person, and then I have to help the other person. We'll just and so, be inundated with yeah, calls. Yeah, it's kind of like, it's kind of like, you're, you know, when, if you have a child and, and she has a birthday party in kindergarten, you either have to invite 
all the kitchen gardeners, or <laughs> exactly, you just right. can't have a party. Well, I mean, <laughs> so. it, like you said, maybe it's something we can look into to the logistics of how it would work, and maybe sometime down the line you could set something up like that because, you know, it is such a unique opportunity to be able to communicate through this. But then again, you know, haunted times and, and yourself and Chris, you're out there all the time with this device in various different locations. People mm-hmm. can find you, track you down, and be able to try to do it that way as well. Right, definitely, definitely. And and like like you had mentioned earlier, the website is uh, www.hauntedtimes.com. And there's a full thing. We have a calendar on there that uh, gives our Ghost Hunter University dates. And so if you can find one that's near you, then you can certainly give us a call and register and hopefully we see you there. And I feel in the interest of full disclosure for our uh, Internet listening friends, you might hear that little stop in conversation, a little clicking. That is our soundboard actually overheating, and the silent assassin Matt Costa is blowing on it. I don't, you know what? I'm not sure it's the soundboard anymore. I think it's the spirits. Oh, Keith. it's highly possible. This house is very, very. Keith, did you bring your, uh, <laughs> bring your arsenal? Well, we came in faith, so let's let's work with faith then. Okay. It's funny. Uh, we we actually had numerous problems in the studio at the radio station. Uh, so much so that when Keith came, one of the times he came in the studio, we said, "Can you please bless the studio?" You know, before we and so we opened the show up with Keith performing the blessing. And since then, it's been relatively quiet. Maybe you should perform that here. Keith. Yes, well, you, <laughs> might, you, might, you might hurt business, right? <laughs> you never know, or instigate something. You never know. Yes. And speaking of business, uh, while we were while we were conversing with our last caller, Leanne Wilbur, the owner of the Lizzie Boyd and Bed and Breakfast, or co-owner. Well, we know Andrea runs a show. Yeah, Andrea Caplet. She's the uh, the cook. The well, she's not just the cook. She's the caterer. She's the everything. She, you know, when we're here doing our Ghost Universities without Andrea, and obviously Leanne as well, this show wouldn't go on. So appreciate it. Thank you very much, Andrea yes, and Leanne. Uh, but Leanne did come in, and she said that when we have the party on the 29th at Knuckleheads in New Bedford, she will donate a night stay for two here. At the Lizzie Boyd and Bed and Breakfast. If you to dare. Our, to our raffle. How cool is that? That is outstanding. That's quite a deal. And, of course, all money from that raffle goes to benefit the Station family, uh, the station Fire Families Fund. Uh, I know I'm butchering it, but we know the right charity to give it to, believe me. Uh, we will make sure that that gets in. There's, like we said, there's going to be plenty of other great items. And we're talking about the possibility, Matt Costa. We sell, still haven't talked about the feasibility of this. But while we have a global Internet audience listening, we talked about possibly selling raffle tickets online. So you could buy a ticket online and still have a chance to win some of these prizes. Do you th- Possibly. Did we ever make a decision? We haven't made a decision. We'll let that the, sounds like us. That's, <laughs> that's Rookie's Outcoast. Doing everything last minute. We'll let you know at the party. So if you're listening on the internet and not at the party, you won't know. Well, what we'll do is we'll, we'll consider the feasibility. There'll, there'll be some prizes, I think, that you can win regardless of where you are. So we'll talk. So stay tuned to SpookySouthCoast.com, and, and we'll have more. Um, so now, where is the plan to use? Last night, I know that you used the box in the basement. We were there for that. Yeah, l- last night was is was a difficult session. We it was a little bit clouded um, and confrontational. Yes, uh, tonight got a little confrontational in the first room. We were upstairs in uh, Abby Be- Borden's bedroom, and uh, some guy decided to ask some personal stuff <laughs> right off the bat, and it got we got a little heated in there. See, so it wasn't just me, Andrea. No, so it you wasn't got just upset you. with me when I said it. No, it's it's everybody. Anybody who has is knows some of the history that we've uncovered about this house and about the things that happened here um, tends to want to go straight for the 
Yeah. Yeah. Go for the, <laughs> go for the jugular. Yes. Yeah, exactly. Go for the jugular. So um, uh, it was a little confrontational. But then the second room we were in was the third bedroom, the bedroom upstairs on the third floor. It's called the chimney room. Ooh. Who? Jose and Knowlton. And um, we have found there that a lot of children like to visit us in that room. And they were very um, talkative tonight with Ben, tour guide Ben. We love Ben. And um, said to Ben, they kept saying, Ben, 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 and, and wanting to play with Ben. And so Ben had said that at one point in time, he actually had read a story out loud. And uh, it is our assumption, I suppose, that uh, they have not had a story read to them in quite a long time, so we have encouraged Ben to perhaps read a few stories to these kids tonight. But up in that room is where the, the woman heard her father, or excuse me, her mother come through telling her she was beautiful in her own voice. And uh, uh, the, another woman had, had asked to speak to her parents and uh, asked if she was, they, they said that they were watching over the, the kids, the boys. And uh, the boys apparently are stationed overseas in the military. So that came through as well. Excellent. Yeah. And, and is there any more sessions with it scheduled for tonight? Uh, not for tonight. Um, they are doing an open air EVP session downstairs, but not with Frank's box. And I'm sure if Chris has the time, uh, I know you guys have already discussed trying, seeing, trying it out. Not guaranteeing anything, but Whoa. trying it out via the air. So, uh, yeah. We'll I mean, see. is it really, uh, if you're a dead, do you want to be interviewed, really? I mean, well, a lot of a lot of them have something to say. That's true. Have messages they need to get through. We always have hey, an open phone line. This is them, an so. opportunity that they can take. Why not take it? Right? Exactly, exactly. It's amazing some of the things that that will come through. The smallest messages can mean so much to somebody. You know, when when the message came through for the, for the woman's night and it said, "You're beautiful," she knew exactly what that meant to her, and it was. She had said it was probably one of the most powerful experiences that she had had ever, and and I felt the same way when I first heard my father's voice. So, so and there, you have, so go to hauntedtimes.com and see when they're coming to your area, and uh, maybe you can have the same opportunity for connection. If you'd like, sorry. I'm sorry, I was just gonna say we're always open to Maui. <laughs> <laughs> Yeah, if you have a haunted location, I'm sure they can uh, yeah, send us, you an email. And yeah, we can try to work through getting a, a ghost hunter university at the location you're looking into. You know, one of the cool things I have to say, this I, 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 shameless plug, but we were actually tapped to do a um, cruise, a haunted cr tour, haunted cruise, this September to the Caribbean and to Mexico. And um, the funny story I tell about it is I asked the gentleman, I said, well, where are the, the ports of call? And he said, well, the first one is um, somewhere in... Bermuda, and the second one, you can either go to hell or you can go to the Pirate Museum. And I said, excuse me? <laughs> and he said, you can either go to hell or to the Pirate Museum. And I said, I, I mean, I was literally, I was on the phone, and I was literally about ready to jump on a plane and <laughs> get out there and say, uh, let's tell that to my face, pal. Yeah. And uh, he said, oh, gosh, you didn't know. Actually, it's Hell, Jamaica. It's the name of a town. It's called Hell, Jamaica. So then there's Hell, Jamaica, and then I think there was... Uh, the Mayan ruins somewhere in Mexico. We're going to do that. So we're going to do Ghost Hunt Universities at sea. So no plans to go to blow it out your ass in the Virgin Islands. Is that? I was censored by the board. I can't <laughs> swear. Is that? <laughs> is that really a town? I don't think so. Okay, well that'd be funny if it was. No, especially not. if it was in the Virgin <laughs> Islands. Yeah. <laughs> so. Uh, <laughs> no, no plans at this point okay. to go there. If you'd like to join in the conversation, five zero eight four seven one. I forgot the number. Four four six nine five zero eight four seven one. I howl. Everybody. Oh. 
And uh, <laughs> if you can't remember the numbers or you don't have a pen handy, just go to SpookySouthCoast.com and you'll see right on that website. Not the WBS uh, numbers, well, but the we're, – we're just not saying their name because we're mad at them tonight. Uh, but the number for calling in while we're on Planet Paranormal, 508-471-4469. And you'll hear that annoying little chime and then <laughs> you know you're on the air. Uh, Moniz, you all right there? You're looking like you're uh, you're not going to make it tonight. No, I'll make it. Now, how late are they going to be investigating Till? I mean, are people going to try to crash early? Um, what time did you start today? We started about six. Okay. Yeah, we started about six. The uh, we we try to start around four. Sometimes it never seems doesn't happen that way. But uh, no, tonight we start around six, and probably going to get wrapped up here within a half hour. Um, they're downstairs doing some of the um, evidence that we collected tonight, going over some of that. They did an open-air EVP session downstairs as well. So um, then certificates of completion, we have to hand those out because that is important. And now why don't you talk a bit about the actual uh, the class itself that takes place before the investigation? Well, it's a Ghost Hunting 101 class, and it, uh, is a, it's a seminar, and it can be pretty long. It's probably about two and a half to three hours, depending on the, the stuff that uh, we talk about. But it goes over a lot. It goes over definitions of positive evidence. It has evidence in it, some EVP evidence, photo evidence, um, video evidence. It talks about the protocols that we feel are important um, in ghost hunting. Um, what else? Gosh, just a lot of different things. And there's a lot. Of, there's a question and answer type thing. People, uh, not only just a little question and answer session, but people can obviously ask questions at any time during the class. Um, so I guess it just kind of. You know, goes over a bunch of stuff, and then there's the break. And during that break, we usually it's called a haunted history dinner. And so, um, the venue, like at this point, obviously the Lizzie Borden Bed and Breakfast, um, puts out a, a little dinner for the guests and the attendees. And then during that time, uh, they either get a tour of the venue, or somebody comes down and kind of just lets them know about some of the haunted history that's happened here, and even some of the general history. And then we go on the interactive. Uh, paranormal investigation and people can bring their own cameras video cameras whatever and or they we have stuff to, for them to use as well so um and it's you know we obviously use frank's box with every session as well and uh keith johnson uh in addition to being our co-host tonight is also a teacher as well he he has a, a ghost hunting class as well um well while we have you here keith is there some coming up here locally in this area yes there's one coming up in new bedford right sandra 30th. march 30th Yes. So time's running out for that one. Better hurry up and sign up. Yes, sign up while you can. Just go to our site, and the info will be right there, www.nearparanormal.com. And the only thing paranormal about the location where you guys have it, though, is the parking. Oh, yes. That's a little <laughs> bit uh, out of the ordinary, but uh, I'm fortunate enough to work across the street at the Standard Time, so I know where to hide the cars, but uh, make sure you park at the Elm Street Garage if you're going to go there, because uh, otherwise you're dealing with cobblestone streets, and it's hell on the shocks. That's for sure. Oh, yes. Last time I had to deal with trash pickup, too. So That reminds me that something else we're going to talk to you about off the air, too, Keith. So We were kicking around last night, so we'll bring that up to you off the air. Hmm? Picking up trash. Uh, a little bit of both, yes. A little bit of both. My thought is is they can go to his event on the 30th and then hop on up to Salem. Why not? Massachusetts. It's only, what, two hours away? Yeah, it's a quick quick jaunt. Yeah. Well, the with the anticipation of what you're going to experience, you can go and get two great sources of uh, information and, and learn a lot. We, we try to 
when we go out to something, you know, we always try to go to. We didn't get a chance, uh, obviously, with uh, Chris's class, but we try to pay attention to what's being taught and absorb all these different outlooks and perspectives to what's going on. One person might teach you, hey, it's okay to just walk in there, blow open the door, and say, all right, ghosts, I'm here to kick ass and chew bubble gum. And other people will tell you, you know, you utmost respect, don't. Don't cross them at all. There's just, just different schools of thought. I know, and I'm all out of bubble gum. I forgot to say it. Uh, well, our philosophy is the respect philosophy, mm-hmm. and I think what, what Chris has taught is that it's very important to, um, you know, it, he, he compares it to if somebody walked into your home, kicked off their shoes, flopped on your couch, put their feet up on the table, and said, make me a sandwich. You just don't do that. You would tell them to get out of your house. And so we, we are working the premise, work off the premise of that, to respect them as you would hope to be respected as well. And That's so, Moniz, by the way. Moniz just walks into the house and says, I'm here, takes off his shoes and says, make me a sandwich. And he always makes Andrea make it for him. And then Andrea has a lot of nice things to say back to him, I'm sure. <laughs> as because she's making, I know Andrea. As she's making the sandwich, though, because she's, you know, she takes care of people. She does. She's a good girl. But if you have any questions, any more questions about uh, Chris Moon's classes, about Frank's box, about the Lizzie Borden case in general... Hey, if you have questions about the Lizzie Borden case, this is the best time to ask them because we have people here that will tell. Or we'll just grab Ben. I mean, that kid memorizes every book he reads, I think. And uh, we have Andrea here with us and Leanne as well. So any questions that you have about the case, about some of the paranormal phenomena that takes place here, maybe you just have questions about the paranormal in general. Maybe this is your first time listening to Spooky South Coast. We'll give you a, a quick breakdown of what it is that we do here. We try to present interesting guests and and outlooks on the paranormal we you know there's certain guests that make the rounds and that are on every show and we have a lot of those guests but we also try to look for unique perspectives keith johnson was here with us uh, one night well not here with us but in the studio with us one night when we did a fantastic show on angels and demons mm-hmm. and the differences and similarities between them uh he's also been with us talking about new england vampire legends and we've talked to him in the past about a variety of, of different things but he's a demonologist by trade so i have a question for keith actually um, I there has there is a general thought process that science and religion slash faith cannot meet. I am not under that impression. In fact, I think I'm one of the few people that truly believe that religion, faith, and science can actually meet. And 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 my basis on that was uh, I was brought up very Episcopalian Catholic. And um, when my father died and we did an open air EVP session, I said, "Are you okay?" And the response that we got back from that was, I'm with God. And so for me, that not only validated everything I had been taught, but made me feel like it's okay that I've had these experiences and these beliefs as well with the paranormal and that they can meet. What is your thought on that? I think that's a very good point because I personally have never had a problem between science and faith. To me, they go together. They always have. And I think as time goes on, you see that more and more, that Faith will be, at least some aspects of it, will be scientifically proven, and science will come across into the faith aspect. And what you describe happened with your father, we would consider that to be a transitional phenomena. In other words, he had crossed over successfully, and he was just letting you know that he was okay, which I think is a very, very wonderful experience, and I'm sure it was very wonderful for you as well. Excellent. Yeah. So I've never had a problem with that myself. Yeah, it's just, it just it just seems that it that generally people think that it can be one way or the other. That um, scientists and this is not all you know. A, I know math is scientists, but uh, 
you know, this is not just, you know, it's not everybody. I know that. But it seems like the general perception is that it has to be one or the other. And I just, I, I just don't see that. I don't feel that. I don't think that. And so, I, like I said, I just wanted to get somebody else's perspective on it that had knowledge of, of both sides. So. And, and he does. Well, why don't we take a, a small, short break here because uh, we've been going. We're not used to going at it for so long straight here. We usually get uh, commercials and news breaks, and so we're going to take a fake news break right now. We're going to pretend that we have a news break coming up. Uh, we're just going to go off the air for a couple of minutes, uh, take a break, let everybody get a chance to get a drink, and you know, use the little Lizzie's room, and uh, <laughs> then we'll come back with more. We got Ben here, and he's going to tell us some great stories. So. Stay tuned, and we'll be right back in a few minutes here on Spooky South Coast. All right, welcome back to Spooky South Coast's inaugural live streaming broadcast. Uh, coming to you live from the dining room of the Lizzie Borden Bed and Breakfast in Fall River, Massachusetts. This is the place where Lizzie Borden or someone took an axe and not exactly 40 wax, but as I said earlier, enough to get the job done. And we are here because Christopher Moon of Haunted Times Magazine is conducting his Ghost Hunters University here. And they have uh, a Frank's box, actually, in the room right next to us. They are in the parlor while we are in the dining room. And if you go to lizzie-borden.com, you can see a layout of the house, so you'll, you'll know how close we are. So you may hear a little bit of the box, you know, in the background here. I don't know if the mics will pick it up or not, but uh, it, they are using it in the next room. So if anything major happens, they'll just pop in and let us know. Uh, but right now we are here with Ben Rose, who is a tour guide here at the Lizzie Board and Bed and Breakfast. And how long have you been working here, Ben? Um, two years. And did you come here with an interest in the case already, or yes, uh, just from learning about it? You know, are you from Fall River? Or? No, I'm from Charlestown, Rhode Island. Okay, but it's close enough that you've heard the legends and, and the rumors growing I've up. I've always heard the nursery rhyme, <laughs> but I, I never knew anything else about it. And so, how did you come? Did you come here to stay, or? My friend and her father actually invited me to go with them on Valentine's Day, of all days. And I had no clue what I was getting myself into. And we got here, we got, you know, we went through the tour, survived the night, and in the morning we woke up and we just felt awesome. We were like, we have to do this again. Six months later to the day we came back and we met the new owners, Leanne and Donald. And I asked for an application for a job. And I got it. (laughs) (laughs) Yes. And so, uh, and did you just immerse yourself in, in all the facts and just try to learn as much as you could? I did. I read a lot of books, and some of the books I read didn't present the uh, the case clearly. So I, I paid attention to which books I did have to read. I was trained by two awesome historians in, in Fall River and Leanne herself. So. And so now, you know, as I said earlier, it seems like, you know, you can – recite almost any fact i mean we, we were downstairs yesterday with the frank's box whenever anything was brought up you know you were right on top of things um is it almost i don't know does it feel like a like a destiny type of thing like you were meant to to come here that night and meant to do this i think so i feel like i belong here writes out the application, I give it to him, he gives it back to me. I put it put it aside and I lose the thing. I go to look for it. I can't find it anywhere. What was it? Four or five months later, I'm walking through a grocery store with my friend Lisa and I hear Leanne. I turn around, <laughs> Ben. And here we are today. <laughs> and he hasn't gone home yet. <laughs> so uh, now, what was your first paranormal experience here? What, what did you first 
experience that made you say, wait a minute? I actually think it... I think it was the um, the case with the, the stinky ghost. Mm-hmm. Actually, I think that was the, the first thing that... I mean, I always knew that other people had experiences, but I think that was the first thing that really made me, you know, attracted me to its attention. So, I mean, to clarify, your interest was in the case as a historical uh, basis and not as paranormal phenomena. Right. And did you did you come into this believing in the paranormal? Yes. Okay. And, and so that, you, you have this encounter with this, you know, stinky <laughs> thing, you say. All right. That's, not, that's, that's your computer shutting down. Uh, so, and if you want to call in and talk with Ben, uh, 508-471-4469 is the number. But, so, was it just once that happened, you started paying attention more, and that's when you started realizing more yes, things were happening? I did pay attention. And over the past two years, I've heard footsteps, seen many, many shadows in parts of the house where I shouldn't and really cannot be seeing shadows from the light outside, hearing voices, smelling that smell only at certain times in certain places at a certain moment. Um, and I, I witnessed a few months ago my first moving apparition wow. with physical con- physical contact with a part of the house. What, what exactly happened? It was right after a GHU. I was sleeping in the Andrew Borden bedroom, and one of my friends was sleeping in the Abby Borden bedroom, and I was sitting on the bed just reading a magazine, and out of the corner of my, of my eye, I noticed a shadow coming out of the bathroom. And I noticed it, and I immediately looked because the room has four windows in it, so I thought it was the light from outside, a passing car. But the, the shades had been pulled down, and the shutters had all been closed, so I know it could not be coming from outside. As I'm reading my magazine, I notice this thing just moving along the wall. As it gets past me, closer to me, I got really cold, and I was shaking. I, was, I didn't know what this thing was, and eventually it got to the door at Andrea's bedroom, and the door clicked, and the door opened, and then it closed. Not all the way, but it closed back to where it was about to hatch, and I jumped off the bed, pushed the door open, and I, I started to call for Andrea, thinking she was playing a trick on me, and she wasn't. She was just out cold. And I grabbed my pillow and my magazine, and I slowly walked down the stairs, and I told Leanne what had happened, and she just said, it, it happens. Just get used to it. it. I couldn't believe it. Something went from point A to point B, in what I assume went from point A to point B, opened up a door and shut it. I have never experienced anything like that. And, and she said get used to it, but do you think you can get used to it? I think so, or else I wouldn't be here. <laughs> I mean, as long as you're getting that feeling of, uh, in some respects, sometimes it's what we call a, like a replay or a residual haunting, where it's just it's going through the motions. You're, you're not actually intelligently interacting with it. I mean, if that's what you're dealing with most of the time, and it's really just a bend in time and space that you're seeing, that's probably easy to deal with. But when it starts to interact and, and interject itself into what you're doing, that's when it's going to get a little bit unnerving. Right. I think he was. I think it was Mr. Borden. It was his bedroom, his closet, his house. So I would think it would be Mr. Borden. I think he's just trying to get my attention. I, If I ever felt harmed, I would be out in a heartbeat. I have never felt harmed here before. Well, what we heard too earlier is that the children uh, from next door that, that are still in this house, uh, they interact with you and, and they feel very comfortable with you. Yes. I My first real contact with the children, um, we had been using a Ouija board 
in the house, and we made sure and we protected ourselves. We said prayers, and we tried to keep out any demonic evidence. And it said that they wanted me to read to them. And I asked them what book, and sure enough, it started to spell out the name of a book. It spelled out K-A-Y, K. And I went over to the bookshelf, and I looked, and I couldn't find any books like that. But on the very bottom where I hadn't looked, I pulled out a paperback book called The House That K Built. Yeah. And it said James and Sally, that's the, the children's names, wanted me to go up to my room where they live and read to them. And I did. And the first chapter was all about a mother and her two children, and the mother did not love the two children, and the children wanted to get to know their mother. Similar to what happened, what I've been told happened next door. And just real quick, uh, for some of our new listeners, relate the story of actually what happened next door. No. Or what what is believed to have happened next door. What is believed um, happened next door. A mother took her three children out and tried to drown them in the well. And from what I understand, one escaped, but two drowned. Mm -hmm. Later on that day or soon after their murders, the mother went up into the attic and slit her own throat, and she died there as well. And we think that the children come over here to play. Now, which family was that? Uh, uh, do they know who it was that was living there at the time? I don't know offhand. I've heard a rumor, speculation, that she was very distantly related to the Bordens, mm-hmm. but she, that particular family over there was kind of crazy. And so... And these children, when they do interact with you, I mean, you don't feel any kind of, you know, malevolence from them. I no. mean, they're just out to play. I feel so comfortable. I love it. I think it's great. Uh, what would it take, though, Do you, th- in your experience as a tour guide, I mean, how much does somebody have to experience something here to walk away a believer? That dep- I think it depends on their, their personality. I mean, if it's just the stereotypical big guy who comes in, you know, not a believer. He's a total skeptic. I think he would have to be physically attacked well, or pushed or do you something. Know, do you know what we call those those kind of people? The big tough guys that walk in and say, I'm not afraid of anything? No. Targets. That's what they are. <laughs> and it's target practice for the paranormal. Good Keith, point. I'm sure you can, I'm sure you can uh, back that up. That it's that it's, Those are the kind of people that the spirits are looking for. Good point, Tim. Yes, it is. And uh, I, when they do experience something, they seem to fall apart. Generally speaking, generally speaking, they are the ones that have to be uh, watched when they're sleeping, and they just they it, they just can't deal with it. They're the ones that go screaming out, yelling, "Dude, run!" Oh yeah. <laughs> <laughs> so, uh, but yeah, as you said, you know, it's a good point. It all depends on what people are willing to believe. Uh, have you ever had? Uh, for I mean, for most of the experiences people have had here, nobody's ever been, you know, harmed or anything. But has anybody ever said, you know, it's I didn't believe in it before. I believe in it now. Yes. Many, many times. And sometimes those people actually end up checking out, and they don't tell us that they're a believer, but I think they are. Well, by checking out early, yeah. Yeah, yeah. at 3 o'clock in the morning. Yeah, oh, I left the water running yeah. 3 in the morning. <laughs> you know what? I Yeah, I'm not really tired, so I'm just going to leave. Right. Yeah. <laughs> it, now, uh, in terms of your own... As you've come to learn more about the paranormal, because you know when they're conducting these universities, you're right there. You're part of everything that's going on. And as you've come to learn more about the paranormal, is it something that you've looked into other avenues, other haunted locations? Yes. Actually, just recently, I was accepted to be an observer for a Rhode Island paranormal research group. And they invited me and my best friend, who actually was the one that took me here on Valentine's Day three years ago, um, they invited us to come along on an investigation with them. And I think similar to what Chris Moon does, they're going to do at, at that location. 
it's a some place in East Greenwich where we're not allowed to give out any details. But and, and you're one of the people, uh, at least approaching it from that point of view. You're one of the the rare finds in the paranormal field where you're very based in the history and you're more about learning about what's going on than you are about just grabbing an EMF detector and a recorder and heading out there. Right. I mean, to, to keep that historical background and to know all the facts before you go in there is, I think, you know, the best uh, equipment you can bring in with you mm -hmm. for finding answers. So, uh, What exactly do you want to see happen here? Do you ever want to see, you know, the answer come out? Do you ever want to see somebody say, okay, you know, come through a Frank's box or an EVP recording and say, Lizzie did it or, or Bridget did it or some unknown person did it? No, I don't. A lot of times when we've used the Ouija board, the number one question that the guests ask is who did it. And sometimes the answer is Lizzie. Sometimes the answer is just a <laughs> random person that makes no sense or Bridget or Emma. That's right. That's why spectral evidence was thrown out in the courts in 1693 after the Salem witch trials. So, I mean, it's just speculation and hearsay. You know, spectral evidence where an unseen entity is supposedly accusing someone of a crime, whatever crime it is, and how can you, you get evidence from a spirit? Right. That, that actually happened quite a bit in cases before that point? Yes, it did. It did. And um, actually, during the Salem witch trials, 1692, uh, 200 years before the Borden murders, uh, that was actually admissible in court. If somebody said they saw your specter steal into a room, you were you know, brought into trial because of that, and you had to answer for it, and how can you prove your case? So uh, we're uh, getting back to the Lizzie Boyden case. If you have any questions you'd like to ask, again, 508-471-4469. Uh, we basically have a roundtable of people that can talk about anything paranormal. So uh, feel free to join in the conversation there. So uh, if, if you want to call in and talk about anything paranormal, please do so. And, of course, you can listen to our show each week on SpookySouthCoast.com. And you can find out more about the Lizzie Boyden case. But, you know, Ben, we, we've done a couple of shows already on the case, and this is the first chance that, that we've gotten to talk to you. Uh, and you were saying that you are going to look into more paranormal investigation. Is there going to be a point when you're here by yourself walking around with a tape recorder trying to get EVPs, or do you want to just leave these spirits alone uh, for the most part and let them come to you? I actually wouldn't mind trying that, just spending time alone with just me in the house and a tape recorder or any uh, EMF meter, because I think I think everybody here likes me, the, the spirits, and I certainly love and, and I respect them and the house and everything about it, so I think I would have a good chance of trying that. And I, it's fun w when Chris Moon comes and they do the uh, the experiments, but sometime I'd, I'd like to try it on my own. Don't mind him. He's okay. just cooling off the soundboard. <laughs> that's awesome. That's That's awesome. Uh, you know what? Uh, from now on, it's going to be a regular part of the show. It'll be a featured segment. Now Costa blows on the soundboard. <laughs> it's better than me. I blow on the microphone. Like every time I start talking into it. So I those blow. aren't sound effects that you hear in the background, right? No, I, th I was hearing it. I was like, what's that breathing sound? And then I look over, and <laughs> he's over there on a, on a date with the soundboard. So <laughs> <laughs> if, uh, You know, you guys are freely welcome to crack on me all the time. It's just you never do. That's that's why you have a microphone in front of you, man, so you can crack on me. And by uh, the way, happy St. Patrick's Day to all, what there is left of it. Well, nothing left, actually. I was just looking at the clock a few minutes ago, and I was like, it's 12.05. We forgot to mention St. Patrick's Day. 
So it is a happy belated St. Patrick's Day, I guess. Yes, well, happy St. Joseph's Day and next week. Really? And what's St. Joseph's Day for those that don't know? Because I don't know. I don't know either. But it's the celebration of St. Joseph. Who is? Who is the earthly father of Jesus. Oh, okay. Or his stepfather, however Sorry. you want to look at it. Sorry, yeah. folks, it's late. Mm-hmm. So I guess now is not the time to bring up the fact that uh, we just got a new book mailed to the Spooky South Coast Studios uh, dealing with some biblical uh, relics and whether or not they're authentic. And we're going to be talking to that author sometime soon. Uh, I forget his name right now. But uh, so that was not a good time to mention that, I guess. But uh, <laughs> I usually don't lose my train of thought. But then again, we usually don't go after midnight. So do uh, you want to take another break? Let's take another break. Okay. When right. is uh, Frank's box coming up? I, I know that they just did it in the next room. They wrapped it up for the night. I think they're going to start to review the evidence. Yeah, now they're going to start working on it because everybody's going to get to bed at some point. Uh, so why don't we take another break, and we'll come back in a few minutes, and uh, we'll see if anybody else has anything to share, and then we'll wrap things up. So stay tuned here on the first live broadcast of Spooky South Coast. Where can you go to find hot homemade knitted items? How about Knitbits at knitbits.etsy.com. A new baby in your life? Need a homemade knitted item for a shower gift? Knitbits has you covered. Sweaters, bibs, booties, blankets, they've got it all. Want to be up on the latest trends? How about some of those funky, cozy socks everybody's got? Or knitted handbags and cell phone holders? If they don't have it at Knitbits, or if you want it in a different color, email them and they'll take care of you. That's knitbits.etsy.com. K-N-I-T-B-I-T-S. Dot E-T-S-Y dot com. Nippets for all your homemade needs. Who asked for it? You got it. And this is Spooky South Coast, Volume 2. Welcome back. That takes care of the first half of our show for tonight. Now let's get involved in the second half. I'm just kidding. It's not the second half of the show. Uh, we're about ready to wrap things up here at the Lizzie Borden Bed and Breakfast, the first ever live streaming of Spooky South Coast. Uh, well, if you don't count our New Year's Eve marathon, which we thank everybody for listening. That was just a bunch of tape shows. But we thank everybody for joining us on Planet Paranormal both then and now. And, of course, you can always get our podcast shows on Planet Paranormal as well as our own website, SpookySouthCoast.com. Uh, iTunes, wherever you get your podcasts from. Uh, we're going to wrap things up here uh, at the Lizzie Borden Bed and Breakfast because everybody's getting ready to go to bed soon, and we don't want to keep them up. Both uh, living and dead have to turn in at some point, so we uh, we don't want to keep them up. I'm sure you know the Bordens will take care of that, but <laughs> we don't want to play a part in that. So in this last segment, if you have any questions, we have Keith Johnson, the demonologist and founder of Near. Uh, he is here with us, and it's it's always good to have him with us. He brings a different perspective than what we can a lot of the times. Um, 
you know, having experience. Matt Moniz as well. I mean, they've experienced this stuff out in the field. Uh, they've done numerous investigations of, of various haunted locations, and they're the people that you want to talk to if you know you have questions about investigating the paranormal. Uh, you want to talk to me or Matt Costa if you have questions about how not to run an internet radio broadcast. Uh, if you want to know how to pull out a radio show out of your rear end. Oh, wait, we're on the internet. If you want to know how to pull a radio show out of your ass, you talk to the two of us. So we can help you in that regard. So if you want to call in 508-471-4469 or 508-471-I-Howl. Monies, one last oh. one. Still with the energy level of hour one. We appreciate that. Uh, and so, uh, again, we've talked to numerous people in the past uh, about a variety of different topics related to all aspects of the paranormal, ghosts and hauntings, UFOs, uh, alien abductions, uh, right down to talking about ancient stone sites, uh, just v- various different points we try to look at. And But one case that always keeps coming back up is the Lizzie Borden case. Uh, not only the murders themselves and the information that's out there and... You know, there's still stuff being discovered and found out today. I mean, we were here with Ron Million uh, last month, and he's down there with Luminol, you know, checking for blood. And you're bringing up the possibility of testing the bloody bedclothes that they have at the Fall River Historical Society for traces of poison. Right. And there's so many, as science advances, there's so many ways we can get closer to at least some of the questions. And, you know, Ben said he doesn't really want to know what happened. And I think that we probably never really will. Uh, we'll, we'll be led in different directions. But the more we can chip away at the question marks of the case, you know, it shows not only how much further we've come in science, but the fact that this case still endures today and has still captured people's attention so much. And on top of all of that, on top of the paranormal and non-paranormal aspects of Lizzie Boyd, it's a hell of a nice place to stay. Beautiful home. Uh, Leanne has done a great job putting this place together. And, you know, when you walk into it, it feels like a, a nice old house. You know, it's it, if you like, you know, the older style architecture, the goth, uh, Victorian, Victorian. Victorian, yeah. Yeah, if you like those Victorian style houses, and you can't miss it. It's the only one left now pretty much on, on 2nd Street. It's uh, right down by the bus station, 92 2nd Street in Fall River. Uh, or if you want to go online, lizzie-borden.com. Uh, L-I-Z-Z-I-E dash B-O-R-D-E-N dot com. And you can check out the, the rooms and see for yourself. It's a, it's a nice place to stay. And I don't want to disparage the city of Fall River, but what else are you staying here for except for Lizzie Borden? So why not do it all in one stop? <laughs> yeah, I don't know. Maybe you like the outlet mall. Yeah, outlet mall. You like to go to old factories and uh, I don't know. <laughs> Maybe you play laser tag. They have a great laser tag place here. Uh, well, actually, Halloween time. Fall yeah. River should definitely be a destination point for you because, I mean, call now and try to reserve a room here for Halloween. Uh, you, they might still have space available. But uh, in addition, within walking distance to this house, you have two great haunted houses. Uh, one, the Asylum of Horror, which you know we haven't really had a chance to have them on the show yet. And the other, the, the Factory of Terror, which uh, Tony and Sue do a great job there. Uh, and we'll have them on somewhere this year. We couldn't last year, but we'll find a way to interview them this year. So Fall River is definitely a Halloween destination point, and the rest of the time there, it's just scary. <laughs> <laughs> just, just kidding. And while you're here, you know, you can see, uh, in addition to staying here and getting the tour here, uh, with the great tour full of information and some of the artifacts they have here, photographs, uh, they have pretty much every book ever printed on the subject, and 
you can also mosey on over to the Fall River Historical Society, and as long as you don't mention the ghosts, you know you can take the tour there and and learn what they have there. They have the the handle without the hatchet, right? That's they have that over there. That's interesting. Hatchet without the handle. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> I get I get confused. Long night. night. Yeah. <laughs> so you can uh, you can definitely check out some of those artifacts there as well, and you know the, the library here has a multitude of information uh, as well. So. I mean, Moni, is, uh, you're going to try to contact the Historical Society and see if you... How would you take a sample off that blanket if they did let you? Uh, it, there's certain channels that you got to go through. Um, I mean, physically, removing the sample. Uh, it would involve, actually, uh, I could do it with basically scrapings. I don't actually really have to remove any of the real material. All i got to do is uh, take a sharp razor blade onto a sterile receiving uh, like piece of plastic or what have you, something that's sterile that I can put it in. Once I get it back to my laboratory, I can put it in a solution and run it through various instrumentation to determine if there are any pharmaceuticals or drugs that he could have been uh, given. And I can detect some chemicals down into the parts per billion and parts per trillion levels because this is the type of stuff I do regularly anyway. And uh, or check for various uh, metals like cyanides or arsenics and stuff like that. And then, given enough time and a large enough sample, you could recreate the entire Borden family. Well, I do <laughs> own my own DNA sequencer. Yeah, you I mean it's not just the laboratories; it's or mine. As, or as Moniz uses it, a DNA resequencer. Wow. You should see some of the animals hey. running around his house. It's like yelling <laughs> at Doctor Moreau. Hey, leave my pets alone. <laughs> I tried to. They bite. I'm sorry, Keith, you were going to say I was that. just wondering, how much blood is actually on the material? For, if I recall correctly from seeing the photo, I've not actually seen the actual material itself. Oh, they're bloody. Uh-huh, so there is quite a bit, and you wouldn't really be destroying anything by taking a... I would imagine you would need only a very small sample, right? Yeah, relatively small. Mm-hmm. Would it be possible to get any blood uh, evidence from what's left here? Uh, with all of the stuff that's been gone over those floors various floor strippings and, you know, revarnishings when it was hardwood floor, not to mention paint and all the luminol and everything else that's been sprayed on there. I wouldn't trust it. Okay. Uh, what about uh, exhumation? Oh, yeah, that that would be, <laughs> that would be the, the ultimate. That would be the ultimate, yeah. Well, uh, why don't you start by asking for exhumation, and when they tell you no on that, say, well, then I'll settle for scraping the bloody blanket. That might work. See, diplomacy, that's what you're going to use, diplomacy. It's not so much diplomacy. I'm, <laughs> I'm <laughs> relatively sure that if it's done in the appropriate scientific manner, they have no other uh, thing to do other than they're, they're obligated to. It's late and I'm an asshole. I'm just being facetious, so <laughs> that's right. No, you can, though. He, Matt's got a point for uh, historic purposes. Absolutely. Right. You really could get a court order for that. Right. That's what I'm saying. Uh, the, uh, I've done They'll work respond well to that, on right, stuff ben? like that before, so <laughs> right. that's how I know it. It can be done. That was actually done in the Canadian Arctic regarding the Franklin expedition to find out the cause of death. Where they Whether they, it was from the lead solder. Exactly, exactly, and they, they did prove it. So same thing here, same principle, I mean. All right, so Basically, we, yes. Mm-hmm. We have about six minutes before 1230, so we can try and stretch out to that. If anybody has any questions, if they want to join in, 508-471-4469, 508-471-IHOWL. And, you know, you don't just have to call that line tonight. You can call that line 
all week long, anytime. It's our Howler line, guys. Oh. It's our Howler line, so you can call up and howl at us if you have any questions about the paranormal, about a past guest, uh, an upcoming guest. Uh, you want to just share an experience that you've had and you don't feel comfortable calling into the show, uh, you can always call up any time and leave messages for us. And what we'll do is we'll take those messages and we'll play them on the air. Uh, if you don't want us to play them on the air, obviously just let us know and we won't. But you will have the opportunity to share with us even if you can't listen and join in live. Uh, there is hope, uh, albeit very slim, that the radio station that we broadcast on here in the New Bedford, Fall River, Massachusetts area will eventually have live streaming into the studio. But uh, don't hold your breath or else we'll be investigating your ghosts. <laughs> so uh, And now, Keith, you said March uh, March. 30th was your upcoming next class in New Bedford? I believe it is. When is it, Sandra? It is indeed March 30th. Uh, indeed March 30th. Sandra has confirmed it. And that is at South Coast Learning in New Bedford. And you're going to, hopefully, we, we mentioned something to Leanne. Hopefully that can come together, too. That would be interesting. That would be wonderful. I'm just putting you on the spot because we're wrapping up the show. That's what oh, we do. That's a great idea. Oh. Mm-hmm. Yes. So. Excellent. That's an excellent idea. And, of course, we're also still trying to get together. Uh, we had talked to Leanne about this last time we had her on the show about putting together a special investigators' night here at the house uh, you know, during the week sometime. Um, and uh, we, we talked about trying to get group teams in here uh, because it's so expensive to uh, run a group. Uh, a lot of groups don't have the money that it takes to come here and stay for the night. Uh, they're using what funds they have to buy equipment and for travel purposes. So Leanne has been gracious enough to come up with a, a special rate where people can will rent out the entire house essentially uh, for groups. So instead of having to come and you know stay for the night with your entire group, you can come in and investigate, and you know just in a straight investigation, coming in and, and bringing your own equipment in because you know, unless Matt Moniz has enough to share for everybody, which I don't think so. It's my equipment. <laughs> you bring your own equipment in and, and your team members, and uh, the plan is to try to keep it around like $50 a person. Mm-hmm. So we need you know, a couple of teams of, of four or five people. So if you're interested in putting that together, just shoot us an email, spookycrew at spookysouthcoast.com, and we'll try to work out a date that's agreeable with Leanne and, and all these groups. Because it, it is, you know, it's a great place to investigate, and I'm more excited about the possibility of three or four or five teams having to come in here and work together. That would be great. And that's something you don't really see enough of uh, in this field. You see no, more. we did it in the Baker Ranch in once in 2003, and it's a wonderful idea, and I'd love to do that. And it worked here. out well? Oh, yes, very well. Okay, because... We, we got a, an astounding EVP there, too. Even with all the groups there, everybody talking, we did get a significant EVP, so it can happen. We're, we're actually going to put Moniz in charge of the uh, how the investigation is going to run, <laughs> because... Uh, he's kind of like he's like a dictator sometimes. With some, he. When it, oh, we have a call coming in. Say, say hi. How you doing? Are you there? This is Tim. How you doing? What's your name? Where are you calling from? This is Carl from California. Hey, Carl. How you doing? I'm doing pretty good. You're up early. <laughs> yeah. Early for it's early for you. It's late for us. Are you guys still doing the show? Or? Oh, we are. We're we're about to wrap it up. So you called just in time. Just had a uh, quick question from Moni. Sure. What's up? When uh, Ron Million was on, Ron Million, sorry, um, he was talking about the uh, blocks they were going to use at uh, the, the prison that put out all the energy. I was wondering if 
went well. Actually, yeah, that did go well. Uh, there's only a limited power supply in uh, Eastern State Penn. Uh, only certain locations within the penitentiary have uh, power to it. But we did set up the ion generator, um, uh, it's actually cell block 12, whereas that's the location where they got that thing that's hooded whatever running into the back of the cells. And there was a number of events that were happening, people getting touched, all kinds of photographs, EVPs, uh, galore, uh, even including seeing these uh, things running around with your own naked eye. Yes, there was definitely something that was occurring with it. Does that answer your question, Carl? Yeah, that answered my question. All right. All right. And you want to you say, say hi to Keith? He's here with us. Hey, Keith. How you doing? Good. How you doing, Carl? I have a brother named Carl, actually. <laughs> Fine. Pleasure to spread the name with a great man. Oh, yes. Well, thank you very much. We're honored to talk to you as well. Well, I, it's awesome hearing you guys live, and uh, hope it goes on from here. So, just, you guys have a good night. Get some rest. All right. Thanks. Just keep sending letters to WBSM. They'll just keep ignoring them, but send them anyway. All right. All right thanks. We've got to get it out here. we got to get it uh we well, got to get it, you guys, syndicated now. Uh, you know, that would be awesome. If it can happen, it can happen. From your mouth to the radio god's ears. Yes, let's hope so. <laughs> All right, thanks, Carl. Thank you, guys. Bye-bye. Bye. Oh, just quick, Tim. Um, you <laughs> men- mentioning mentioning Rhode Island vampires, mm-hmm. we just passed the anniversary of the Mercy Brown exhumation in 1892 as well, another event in 1892. I hope you didn't celebrate it by exhuming her again. No, I, uh, I, I, I celebrated it by coming here. Okay, <laughs> and uh, yeah, it's a. We talked about it too when you came in to talk about New England vampires. That's something we could spend a whole show on alone, and and we probably will, at some point. We'll get out there and we'll stick Moniz out there with a tape recorder and a, and a cell phone and say, just stay. I have no problem. With I know you don't. Well, the weather's getting warmer too, so. All right, I think it's about time we wrap things up. I'm going to have a lot of editing to do on the show <laughs> before it goes to podcast. We'd like to thank everybody who joined us tonight here on PlanetParanormal.com. We remind you, you can find out more about our show and listen to it each and every week uh, on a, on podcast and on the archive stream at SpookySouthCoast.com. Go there. We have links up to other people's websites. You can find out more about Keith. You can go to his website, NearParanormal.com, N-E-A-R, Paranormal.com. Uh, for the Lizzie Borden Bed and Breakfast, it's lizzie-borden.com. And, of course, the whole reason why we were here tonight, Haunted Times Magazine, and that's hauntedtimes.com. And if there's anybody who we forgot to plug, we're sorry. We will we'll get you next time. And uh, we will talk to you next week. Uh, stay, stay tuned to SpookySouthCoast.com for more information, and stay spooktacular, everybody. Rest assured, listener, that my time here has not been easy, and what you have just heard was not fiction. Although, in many a desperate moment, I most certainly wish it had been. It's over for now, it seems. Or at least, until yesterday begins again.